Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Chainsaws and Claws, a killer monster podcast. I'm Patrick Vicious. I'm Rob the Cinema Drunkie. And this week, um, we are talking to 90s teen films tinged with horror. Um, the first one, uh, that we, we, we're calling this my pick, but technically they, these are both kind of both of our picks. Um, but uh, my pick, the slasher film, is uh, Cherry Falls. I was going to say the year, but I have no idea what year it came out. 2000. Also, Yes, but okay. What year it came out versus what time it actually was made? I feel like it sat on the shelf for like a hot minute. Like it was because it definitely feels very nineties. Like it was probably it was probably shot ninety eight, ninety nine, and sat, and then it was released two thousand on USA Network. Yeah, which is still friggin' weird as hell. Because like, it was funny, like the if you like read about like the production history, it's fucking hilarious because it's like there was like this fucking tense battle. Um, between releasing it, like, in its uncut form that apparently the director originally had, which to this day nobody has seen, except for, I guess, him. Um, and so it just sat on the shelf for God knows how long. I have no idea how long in actuality. And then finally was released on television, like on cable television. So it's like, you wouldn't edit it down for a theatrical release. So it got released on the TV where it got edited down even more. But that's fine, because as it exists, it's fucking awesome. Like, I, it's, like, honestly, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's a weird movie, because it's, like, I, I read that it was, like, meant to be, like, the, the script was more, like, tongue-in-cheek than, like, the director wanted to take it. Yeah. And I feel like, as a result, it actually works a lot better, because it almost has kind of that scream tension going for it where it's like if you read the script for scary movie that became scream like that can be interpreted in a very like comedic direction if you wanted it to like they're definitely but it's like it was Wes that like made it i feel like really kind of pushed the darkness and the brutality of it and mm. i feel like that kind of works in this as well because it's a movie that doesn't even have like the highest body count. Like there's like, I mean, there's, and there's not even like that many, like really big kill scenes, but it still manages to like keep this sense of dread uh, throughout it. And it has this very, like, even though it's very like polished and has like the nineties, early 2000 sheen to it, it still feels very like vaguely like dirty. So it's like, as a whole, I think it's just, it's, it's, it's fucking awesome. Like, it's it's funny to watch now though because there's so many things that are like wow this is very much the late 90s early 2000s and absolutely not in any way something that like you like it i just it's like it's not stuff that really most of the references did not exactly stand the test of time i guess is the best way i could like put it but like it weirdly at least for me and actually i guess for you because was it me that turned you onto this, or did you just get to it on your own? I know you had seen it just a couple of years ago. No, no, I had it. Like the first time I had seen it was, uh, was it earlier this year or late last year? I want to say I, it was I, late last year when I was on Shutter. Yeah, yeah. The, no, I I actually uh, ordered the Blu-ray, and that's how I saw it. And uh, funny enough, uh, right after I ordered it, is the I received it. The same week they announced it was coming on Shutter, and I was oh, just okay. like, 
Oh, uh, fine, whatever. Well, you know, that, that's perfect for me because now uh, we were just talking that it's no longer on Shudder, but I can still watch it because I have the Blu-ray, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, like, that thing is, like, I was like, so you actually, I feel like it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts watching it, just coming to it. Because like, I saw it when it first came out, I mean, I guess on USA, although I think I feel like I saw it on Sci-Fi. I can't, maybe it was, maybe it was USA. I have no idea. Um... But, like, I saw it when it was, like, really new. So, like, I am curious where you land on it now just as, like, its own thing. Uh, I really took to this a lot because um, the the high school scenes really capture how high school was for me. Like, especially the lunchroom scenes. Um, the, the lunchroom scene, like, the first major lunchroom scene is, like, that, that was basically uh, high school for me. Um, cause I spent a lot of time at lunch, um, uh, to let you guys know, I was a terrible student in high school. <laughs> I, I, I went to, by, by my last year in high school, I just went to, uh, my lunch and my friend's lunch, like fourth period lunch, fifth period lunch, sixth period lunch. And then I would just leave, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that was, that was high school for me, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but yeah, like. I, 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 I took to it a lot due to that. And also, like, everything you said, it was just, like, the the, satir- the satirical edge to it is, is great. And it was it's almost, like, almost in the same way, like, with what happened with uh, Slumber Party Massacre, where that was written as a spoof, a satire of slasher movies, and they just directed it seriously. So, like, it's, it's, it's serious, but, like, it still has, like, those moments, those, those really incredibly comedic moments. And uh, it's the same way with this one, where it's like you could see those moments where it's like this was probably meant to be funnier than than it uh, intended, but the director just took the material incredibly seriously. So you just have like those moments where it's just like where like for instance, Michael Bean is talking to Brittany Murphy about uh, how far she's gotten in her you know, dating, uh, you know, sexual stuff that she's been doing. He's like, could you go further? <laughs> and like, it, it's, it's almost shot like a tender scene, but you could, you could see that it was meant to be funnier than that. Like it was probably meant to be, uh, shot a bit more like, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like spoofy, I guess. I don't know. Um, but it is what it is. Like, uh, but I, I, I think it, like, even with that being said, it still fucking works. Like, just inc- works incredibly. Um, a lot of it, I think, has to do with just, you know, the, the queen, uh, the late great Brittany Murphy. Because, you know, God bless that woman. It, 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 you know, she was just an absolute, just beautiful person, you know what I'm saying? And a wonderful actress. And it's just like, I remember watching it and just like, I'm enjoying the movie, but I'm still so incredibly sad because you know what a loss Britney was to, to, to the movie world you know what I mean just you know because she's doing her like her cutesy stuff but like when like the horror scenes kick in she goes like from cutesy to incredibly uh, intense like especially in her crying scenes and her screaming this like like yeah the, 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 it's, watching this movie is kind of a bummer just, well, just I mean, for that reason. it's not for me, just by virtue of the fact that it's just like watching, because I was in love with her from, like, Clueless, which is funny, because, like, 
I feel like I mean I definitely liked Alicia Silverstone. I always did. But like it's funny like when I like with my whole thing with Clueless was I was like the person I gravitated to most was uh Brittany Murphy uh when playing Ty. And like whenever I watch um Clueless, whenever I watch this, whenever I watch now uh Steve Wang's Drive, like any of those movies, it's like it doesn't make me sad because like while I'm watching them she's alive like she's there she's on screen like she still exists like so it's like it, it, i don't know it's like it's more sad after when it's just like oh now she's gone right it's like when i'm watching sin city it's like she's there um so but i do think yeah no she is very especially the thing that i think is actually the best thing about her performance in this is how um sympathetic she is because like Everyone around her is fucking insane. Like, <laughs> literally, in some cases. Like, obviously, Jay Morris' character, like, I mean, I'm not spoiling a 22-year movie. Fuck off. Um, when they make the reveal that he's the fucking, like, killer, and it's a weird, like, he's dressing up as his mom, but he's not. It's very confusing. Um, he does look kind of like Gabriel from Malignant, which makes me think that was probably an influence on Malignant. Yeah. Um but, like, he's legitimately insane, menacing her. Uh, but then you, at the same time, have, like, Michael Bean, who is a dude who's wound real tight. And, I mean, they reveal it's because he was involved in, like, a gang rape and fathered a child based on that gang rape. So, like, it does make sense that he's not, like, in full control of his faculties, if you will. Um, but, like, he's clearly, like, on a ragged edge. Uh, her mom is, like, more the fucking cool mom than Amy Poehler and fucking Mean Girls. Like, just offer, like trying to get cigarettes off motherfuckers and shit. Like, teenagers. Holy shit. Um, and constantly, like, just being this weird ray of sunshine that is not necessary in many scenes. But, um, well, then also talking about, the, like, when recounting the story of the horrible gang rape. Um, but, like, and then, like, the worst character who I... Okay, the one thing with the movie that drives me insane is Brittany Murphy's character's boyfriend is literally the worst fucking person ever. Like, and it's hilarious because he plays, if you watch, I want to say it was the next year, year after, uh, in Josie and the Pussycats, he is the most adorable man. He's Alan M. But in this film, he is the worst person. Like, in the first five minutes of you meeting that character... He's breaking up with her because she won't fuck him. Like, and then later when he almost, when she almost gets killed, he fucking tries to like get back with her. And then she tries to lose her virginity and not die uh, at the hands of this killer that's killing virgins. And then he's like, no, no, this is too intense for me. And then like he, whatever. It's like the dude is, it's the weirdest arc. It's not even really an arc. It's like a series of peaks and valleys with that fucking character. But like, even the, the the peaks and valleys are all in hell because they're very low because he's an awful, awful person. Like, I don't like that character at all. And it doesn't ruin the movie for me. It just makes me, like, it makes me sad that he doesn't get murdered because, like, in, like, most slash films, he would be. But for this, I guess their thing was, like, well, no, you can't have, like... All the, no, you absolutely can have this dude die and die horribly. But no, you chose not to. Why would you choose not to? That's my only thing that drives me nuts with this fucking movie. Is like I just hate that character so fucking much. 
Yeah, he sucks. Yes, he does. <laughs> he he very much sucks, Kenny. It, like yeah, everything you fucking said is just like he is the worst fucking boyfriend. And and it's like and that's saying something because usually uh in in a lot of slasher movies the final girl's boyfriend sucks in, in a lot of them but like he like um i don't know who's a perfect example of a boyfriend who sucks like who really sucks like brady in uh halloween 4 yeah. uh he sucks but like this motherfucker like sucks real bad like and yeah like you you think he's going to get his comeuppance at the end during the whole big orgy and like he just gets slashed, but like he, she's like upset. Kenny, that's like no, fuck Kenny, let him die. But he doesn't. He survives, and it's just like, oh, like like you killed everybody else who's cool and shit, but like you left a boyfriend live and shit, and that sucks. Yes, uh, that sucks very really badly, <laughs> Rob. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, um, I mean, like you, you might as well. The, you killed Michael Bean, and you know, uh, Michael Bean deserved it. You know what I'm saying? Because like like you said, he was involved with his gang rape. He, he deserves to die. Uh, but like, yeah, leaving like having this awful, awful boyfriend character in it and then letting him survive at the end is just kind of like, like you said, it doesn't take me out of the movie. It doesn't ruin it. But it's just like, oh, I so wanted that motherfucker to die because he sucked so bad. <laughs> Fuck that fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is true. Um, I like that you you brought up the mom uh, played by the great Candy Clark because she was awesome. Like it's it's a lot of her scenes where you could you could feel like you know the comedy elements because she is definitely like uh like especially the, the her 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 alcoholism is is just like yeah you can sense that this is where a lot of like and she's still funny but uh, you could sense she was probably meant to be a lot more funnier because. Um, the, the, the writer, uh, what's his name? Oh, I got the Ken Selden. He, he admits he read it to be more of a comedy and the director, Jeffrey Wright, just took it incredibly seriously, wanted to pump up the darkness and the violence of it all. I mean, and, to be uh, fair, he did make romper stumper. So like the fact that we didn't expect like darkness from the guy who made romper fucking stomper, I don't know what to tell you at that point. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, like, yeah, he, he he did take it. Like, I think the the problem with the MPA was um, not so much the violence, was also like you know. The, oh, it was the, the sex, which is yeah. fucking hilarious. We live yeah. in the dumbest fucking country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, the, I, I know they they had a big problem with the orgy at the end, which is basically a house filled with high school students fucking. Just all throughout the house, like there, there was like the entire what was it like the entire floor on the, uh, the second floor, all over the floor is just teens fucking, and you know like the like you were supposed to see like just a lot, it, like well I guess the original script I had read was you weren't supposed to see anything, which is basically just be sheets, and then yeah. I guess you'd basically see red splotches. and I guess it was Jeffrey Wright that was like no we're going in the exact opposite direction, and right. I was like. I don't know how you thought this was gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was that was probably the the first thing that they had a problem with. Like I, I know, like the MPA, uh, well, the MPA now, which I don't understand. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just like you know uh, they decided to just 
remove America and just make a motion picture association because they felt like they wanted to be more inclusive and not, you know, cut themselves off, you know, by just calling them America. I mean, which I don't know why that would make sense in other territories because who gives a shit? You know what I'm saying? They have their own rating system. So it's exactly. like, it doesn't, it doesn't even fucking matter, but you know, no, it doesn't. Whatever. <laughs> whatever old power to them. Uh, like, yeah, they've always been a stickler um, when it comes to slasher movies, you know, like the, 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 the awfulness they did to the slasher movies of the 80s, especially the late 80s where everything just got butchered. Uh, and I could, I could see them having a problem with uh, the resurrection of slasher movies in the 90s after Scream, uh, where, to the point where it's like they, they, they fucked over Scream 3 a lot because of that. Um, well, that was yeah. I mean, that was them, but it was also, I guess, uh, I don't know if it was the Weinstein's or, but it was basically. I know it was like immediately post Columbine. It was like, well, we need to like churn down the violence a lot, and like, which I guess Wes Craven was like, we'll get to Scream Three eventually, so whatever. But he was just like, if we're not doing a Scream movie, let's just not do a fucking Scream movie. <laughs> like, what's the fucking point? And I was just like, that's kind of my thing, and like all of this, we're just like, it's like every time there's like. And I don't mean this to be glib. Like whenever there's a shooting and everything, and they're always like, it like art gets delayed or whatever. I'm just like, yeah, because that's stopping the fucking shootings. No, it's not. Like fucking crazy ass motherfuckers in this terrible goddamn land that we live in with guns are doing horrible things constantly. Why right. do I have to be punished because of them? Like that doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Like it's, it's 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 like exactly what uh, Billy says in uh, Scream, the movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. And that's true. It's like if if Except they're, somewhat... never, they're never creative. It's always the same dumbasses with the same fucking automatic weapons. But go ahead. Right? Yeah. Like if if someone watches a movie like this and decides, oh, I'm gonna go kill a few people because I saw this movie and, and like you know I want to go on a killing spree. There was something wrong with that motherfucker to begin with. Don't blame the movie. You know, nobody watches a horror movie and just be like, oh, now I want to kill people. Unless that movie's fucking, you know, something wrong with it. It's like demons. You watch it and shit and you become possessed and then you want to kill. No, that's not happening. Like, you know, I've, I've watched horror movies like practically all my goddamn life. Never once have I wanted to kill somebody. Never. What did it make me do? Just made me want to watch more. It made me want to make my own. You know, I, I never have ever have I ever thought about killing someone after I saw a movie and shit. So if somebody decides like, oh, I'm gonna go fucking buy a mask and stab people and shit. There was something wrong with that motherfucker from the get go. You know, don't blame the movie for that. You know I'm, I'm not saying like in traffic, I've never considered it. I'm just saying I haven't done it, and that's I feel like I deserve some sort of adulation for that. Is all I'm saying. No, yeah, like yeah, I mean, it, it's human nature. Like everyone in one part of their life, or like maybe more than once, a few times in their life, have thought of killing a motherfucker. You know, I'm just saying, a movie never made me do it. Uh, you know, rap rock album never made me want to do it. Uh, video game never made me want to do it. It's just human goddamn nature. Like motherfuckers pisses me off, and this is I want to strangle him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, that's just human nature. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has that fucking moment in them where they want to kill somebody. I'm just saying, it wasn't the movie that did it. So, yes, no, you're not wrong. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. I know I'm not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, but, you know, leave it to them, you know, to, to be the, 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 the center of moral, uh, whatever you want to call it. 
and just be like, oh, well, we're trying to help the kids out, you know, so they don't get ideas and shit. And you just all you're doing is fucking up the art, you know, you, you, you're just fucking it up. And, you know, and, and it's a shame, too, because I don't think the uncut version of this movie even exists anymore. I I don't know because I've heard that it might, but they weren't able to find it in time for the Blu-ray. But um, it's it didn't the way they put it, it didn't sound impossible. It's not like the Event Horizon thing where they were like, "Well, we held off on this for a really long time because we thought we could get it, but we finally just gave up." It seemed like with Cherry Falls, they were like, "Well, we had this deadline, and like we couldn't find it by then, so we just kind of like pieced out of it." So yeah. like it might still exist by the time that Shout Factory is like time to do a 4K, they might be like, "Hey, we found the other cut," and I'd be like, "All right, cool." <laughs> I'm wondering if they, they you know, because they've been putting out a lot of, the, of this stuff on 4K. I'm wondering if we ever see a 4K of this. That's what uh, I'm waiting on. That's why I haven't bought it yet. Because I'm like, I'm waiting for them. Because, okay, so many, I have bought so many goddamn Scream Factory releases since Scream Factory has existed. And now most of them have been like, hey, here's a new 4K. And I'm like, I'm not buying this again, assholes. No, you already got 30, 30 goddamn dollars from me. You're not getting it twice. So it's like, now, I just wait. I just wait. And, like, when they announce a 4K, I am happy. And, like, that's what, that's why there's, like, and things that go to print, I get sad. Like, that's the only way this works. It's a waiting game. It's a stalemate between me and Scream Factory in a given moment. I, I like the fact that they're more known as Scream Factory now than, the, like, the original uh, uh, company uh, title, um, Shout Factory. Well, I feel like Shout still does like the like non-horror shit. Like no, no, they do. Just, like yeah. th- th- that's basically the, the company name, but like you know, the subsidiary is Scream Factory, yeah. where they really saw their horror titles. But like everybody just knows them as Scream Factory now. Nobody's calling them fucking Shout Factory, even when they release a, a oh Scream Factory released a non-horror title, and it's like it's fucking Shout Factory. That's their name. <laughs> yes, because those become Shout Selects. I mean, I do think that the thing they did that I thought was cool was when they were like, hey, we're going to do Criterion, but we're going to do for, like, movies that, like, Criterion would never do. Like, they live. And it's just like, fuck yeah, man. So it's like, that's like, like, like Cherry Falls. You never would have thought they would fucking release a Blu-ray with features for Cherry fucking Falls. But they did. And it's awesome. So, yeah. like, I'm in no way mad about it. Like, fuck yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. You know, uh... They they uh they really held us down when like when it came to like horror titles and shit, but the, then Vinegar Syndrome came out and Vinegar Syndrome really started releasing the fucking uh like the nitty gritty shit and like oh, yeah now it's like them Arrow and Vinegar Syndrome are like they're constantly like in wars to get rights and it's right like, right. <laughs> right 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 it's like a blood feud <laughs> and then and then you got uh, uh Kino Lorber um you got uh. Was it uh, Severin? Severin? Mm. Um, well, they they they're releasing some fucking nitty gritty shit, and it's just like all these like distribution companies like just coming out the woodwork and like uh, screen factories just sitting there like, hey, you remember us? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like we're still out here, we're still putting out shit, and I'm just like, uh, I'm sorry, I ain't got no money and shit because I just spent a hundred thousand dollars on vinegar syndrome. <laughs> Black Friday releases and shit, you know, like I like I've just seen it. So somebody like just received their box of like vinegar syndrome shit, and it's just like, 
like how like I could just imagine how much fucking bread they they drop. Oh yeah, no, that's why I only do like the occasional. And even, there's even some things where like I haven't even like uh, I told you and you were gassed like when um Matt talked me out of buying the Action USA uh Blu-ray like the um Vinegar Syndrome put out, mm-hmm. and I was just like because I was just like I've never seen this movie before, and I don't know if I'm comfortable paying twenty five dollars to see it. And then like somebody had sent me um like a um. I don't I mean, I guess it was like a bootleg, but it wasn't really. Um, and I watched it. I'm like, yeah, it was fine. I'm glad I didn't pay $25 for it. <laughs> That's fine. Oh, uh, that movie's awesome, though. I don't dislike <laughs> it. I'm just saying, like, I, I don't necessarily need to, like, own it. <laughs> nah, I feel you. I feel you. And then uh, MVD uh, released yep. it again right after uh, Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, it went out of print in, like, four seconds. Yeah. They were, like, oh, yeah, they yeah. And then, boom. Yeah, that that shit went gone. That that shit was gone mad fast, and then uh, MVD just came out. Speaking of MVD, uh, we were talking about Brittany Murphy, and you said uh, you loved her since Clueless. Uh, for me, I mean, I saw her in Clueless. You know what I'm saying? And I thought she was great there. But for me, it was Drive. I did mention Steve Wang's Drive, but I didn't know that even existed until like I want to say two years ago. Because um, the day it, like MVD announced it. Um, everybody, like all of our action Twitter friends were like losing their goddamn minds. And I was just like, yes, I too am excited for this thing. And Matt's like, you haven't seen Drive? And I was like, I have no idea what the fuck this even is. I only know the, the ridiculous winding Griffin film. And he's like, oh, it's on YouTube. And I was like, all right. So I watched it. I'm like, oh, this is actually awesome. I did not realize, I didn't know this existed, but this is fucking awesome. And Brittany Murphy is very good in it. And like, so is Kadeem Hardison. And right. so is... Uh, uh, Burke de Cascos. I don't know how to say his name, but like, you, no, that's fine. Um, that that's how I say it, de Cascos. But yeah, like I was just like, I didn't know that was like gonna be a thing. Like that was gonna be as good as it is. But she's fucking great in that movie. Like I, I love her in that movie. Yeah, I love her in this movie. I love her in every movie I've ever seen her that I can think of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She was she was great in everything. I even loved her in um, what's that? fucking movie she did uh with um ashton kutcher just married didn't watch it fucking hate ashton kutcher but yes i'm sure she's good in it uh, yeah i am i I'm, I'm not that big a fan of of his but um that that, that movie was fun and she's she's great in it she she's yeah she's she's great in just everything like you said sin city as well um hey yeah she's she's great here like it was it was uh it took so takes a little used to uh get into her um that obvious wig she's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> that that wig is very obvious. I mean, it looks. I mean, she looks fine in, in dark hair. Um, but uh, that is a very obvious fucking wig that they put on Brittany Murphy, and they should be ashamed of themselves for doing that to her. <laughs> like it sits so high on top of her fucking head too, you know. And, and it make no. Of, she might have been doing something where she had to be blonde for something. I can't. I don't know the timeline where she might have other been doing, but. Yeah, um, I'm not sure what she she could have been doing at the same time, but um, yeah, that is a very obvious wig that they have on poor Brittany Murphy. Oh, but, eight uh, mile. Forgot to mention eight mile. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, nah, she would have done eight mile. No, no, no I'm just saying. I spent, we were saying the movies that she was good at. I forgot to mention eight mile. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's 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 great in eight mile. Um, yeah, like we said, she's she she was great in everything. God bless her. God bless her thoroughly. Um. But uh, you mentioned you basically spoiled the movie. But like, like you said, this movie's 
22 years old. Who cares? Yeah, I was going to say, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> who cares? Who cares? Um, that Jay Moore is the, he plays a teacher in there who turns out to be the killer, who's the, the son of the woman that uh, Michael Bean and his boys gang raped earlier, uh, like in the timeline of the movie. Uh, I don't like here. Here's the thing that's weird to me. Like, I don't even know if I wanted to talk about this because, like, I don't know if we're 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 the type of people to like, you know, actually have this conversation. But um, I am genuinely curious where this is going. <laughs> I mean, it is. Uh, you know, I guess like it's like something like uh with terror train where it's like the, the problematic uh, issue with the uh, you know trans uh trans I don't think he's supposed to be trans though like he's supposed to be just like insane and dressing i guess as his mother was the kind of the vibe that i got but uh, it was like a norman bates thing for me I, I at least that way that i interpreted it whereas that he wasn't trans he was just a dude dressing up like he's his mom was crazy he grew up and like Right, right, right. Yeah, I, 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 I can see that. Like, like even in uh, Psycho, they try to fucking do the like, oh, he's yeah. a transsexual. I'm like, no, no, he's just insane. Like dressing up as as his mother. But I could, I could, I could see what you're saying. It's just like, I, I don't necessarily think that was the point. You know what I'm saying? Where it was just like, uh, he's not necessarily trans as much as he's just on an insane revenge quest. Yeah, that was my that was always my interpretation of it. I mean, again, it's like I mean, it's like the thing you had said like, that maybe it's us. I mean, I don't know. I can only speak for my own personal interpretation, which is that yeah, I just like it was basically the Norman Bates mother thing, where it's like he is dressing up as this person who tormented him while he torments other people. It was it's never like he is identifying as a woman as much as he is identifying as a tormentor. Is my interpretation. No, I get it. Uh, also, it's the point is like, why does he even need to do that? Um, for the simple point, he wants to drive the point home that you know he is like uh, reminding them of what they did by dressing up as his mother. Um, and like you know, there's also that uh, issue where it's like, like, is Michael Bean his father? Oh, he is Jay Moore's father, as far as I know. I mean, like that—that that was the uh, when he that was like, the, the same like, color eyes. I mean, that's why I assumed that they were basically just saying, yeah, yeah, was yeah, like he was Jay Moore's father. Like, yeah, like, yeah, that's that's what that's what how I took from it. From I mean, you know, there was four of them, but and also I feel like you, you, I mean, I don't think they cast Michael Bean and Jay Moore who look kind of similar. I doubt that happened by accident. Like, I feel like that couldn't have been. Like I mean, because they have similar structure to their face. Like they have the, like the very defined cheekbones. Like they have like a very kind of like defined jawline. So and they have, as they point out, like the same color eyes. And I didn't really think about that until you just said that right now. <laughs> I didn't really even think about that that they have similar bone structure. I didn't even know that. This is the second discussion in a row and shit where I, where I'm learning new shit. That uh, that Buffy episode we did, and uh, the the amount of revelations that you know were bestowed upon me during that episode and shit were amazing. I'm just like I'm finding out new shit uh, like every five minutes, and I'm still finding out new shit because I like or realizing new shit because I didn't even put that together that uh, fucking the, like yeah like like similar jawline and all that shit, and it's like. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, shit. Um, 
Yeah, uh, I could see it. I could see it. I could definitely see it. But yeah, um. But and also, I do think Jay Moore is fucking awesome. Like it's it's weird. Like that dude had a weird career trajectory. Like. It's, he was like one of those guys in the '90s where they were like pushing like he was gonna be like a big star, and like never really happened. But like he, the most of the stuff he did is still stuff that I like. Like obviously like this and like Suicide Kings. I love Suicide Kings. So do I. Um, so like a lot of stuff that he was in, like uh, Go. Um, like there's tons of shit he did that was awesome, and like it's this is one of those things where I'm just like I. Definitely think that he had more potential than he was really given. Because like, again, he's also, I mean, yes, some of the some of the dialogue, like when he like, especially at the end, like when he's gone, like off the deep end, uh, is super over the top. But also, it still kind of works because he like, he knows how to play it in a way where it's like it does feel like he's unhinged, but also like they're leaning into the comedy a tiny tiny bit. So it's like it still works, and like I I do think that he is. And again, it's not an insult to Britney Murphy or anything, but I think Jay Moore is always been my favorite part of the movie, especially because like the contrast in his performances as like when he's playing like the teacher versus when he's playing like the full-on fucking killer version. Yeah, is just such a interesting, wonderful dichotomy in terms of like the differentiation. Because it's not like Stu from like Scream starts off being like bookish and then becomes Stu. Like it's like he's always Stu. This is like two completely polar opposite performances in one performance, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, and with, with, with Stu, like he was always Stu, but like when he's revealed as the killer, he's like Stu, just a little on edge. Yeah, he's just a little, like, you know, this evil Stu, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas Jay Moore in here, he's like the nice teacher, you know, sweet. You know, what I'm saying it's like, oh, he's a he's a great guy, and then this motherfucker just goes mad, and, and he's just off the fucking deep end. Uh, uh, yeah, like he he does give the best performance in the movie. Like just just due to that, like he he's he's fucking. What is it? Um, yeah, like you you just mentioned that where with Jay Moore, it was like because there, there's always that like you know every few years there's an actor where they position them to be like a big star, you know, good looking, charismatic, and then it just doesn't fucking happen, and and it's a shame, and it's just like. And Jay Moore had like, I mean, like of course it was he was what Jerry Maguire, uh, Suicide Kings. Um, remember Jane Austen's Mafia? Sadly, I didn't, but now I do. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was what killed it for him. Like, uh, yeah, because like a lot of people found that shit uh, like offensive, like to Ita- to Italians, and they're, they're like, yeah, it was just it was just fucking dead in the water from the moment, from from there, which is a shame because Jay Moore is great. Uh, I'm also uh, action. I was about so, to say that. I was like, did anyone besides me ever see action? Because it was awesome. Action was awesome. Action was awesome. I, I did love that show. And, and it was it was a bummer that that shit just fucking got canceled with the quickness. But, you know, it is what it is. Like, it's still like that. They just canceled Westworld. Yeah, that's fair. But no, I mean, like, I, I don't know. It's like, I feel like we're saying that happened a lot in the 90s. Because like, I feel like in the 90s, there was always like a huge crop of dudes like, um, let's say, like, I feel like everybody in, like, let's say, uh, any of the state, like, literally everyone in that fucking movie was positioned to be, like, a, like, huge star. Everyone in a tiny part of the movie was, like, positioned to be, like, a huge star. But it was, like, that's why they, like, kind of filled them all in the movie. They're just, like, it's like, ah, oh, no, no, And none of them 
except for like Jack Black became anything. Like yeah. he's just kind of like I, mean, I guess Seth Green, but like Seth Green already. Kinda, I feel like he was already as big as he was going to get at that point, and right. like hasn't really positioned like gotten. But like it's not like they get like guys like let's say like this is going to be mean, but whatever. I like Barry Pepper. Nobody cares about Barry Pepper, but like he was good in Crawl recently. So like. I, I no. like Barry Pepper now. I didn't then, but I like Barry Pepper now. No, you know what happened with Barry Pepper, though, right? No. Fuck Battlefield Earth happened to fucking Barry oh, Pepper. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, like fair no, enough. like, you know, there was there was uh, Enemy of the State, but remember, he also had uh, that great turn in Saving Private Ryan. Oh, no, it's the same Private Ryan, another movie where, like, they, it was like everybody in that was like, this is going to be the next big crop of actors. And, like, no. Like, although I will say some of them, well, okay, Vin Diesel. But, like, um, Jeremy Davies has managed to carve out something for himself where he's not a big star, but, like, he constantly gets work and is constantly interesting. So good for Jeremy Davies. But go ahead. Oh, yeah, right. Um, no, you can't really say Edward Burns because he was already kind of a thing at that moment. Yeah. Uh, he made his own movies, for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he did. Uh, where, where did, like, you know, he did a bunch of shit, too. And then uh, he did a Sound of Thunder, and then it just came. He just kind of seemed to fucking disappear after that. I mean, I think he still works and shit. You know, I don't want to sound like I'm being fucking mean to Ed Burns. You know what I'm saying? But like, it it just seemed that uh, uh, a Sound of Thunder flopping so horribly was kind of like the the death nail for like him being like considered a Hollywood mainstream star. Um, but like, yeah, Saving Private Ryan, you did have Vin Diesel. I mean. Matt Matt Damon already had a. Yeah, I was gonna say he was already Matt Damon. He just wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't as big as he would get, but he was already Matt Damon. Yeah, he uh, he already had Goodwill Hunting. So like, yeah, yeah. yeah um, what was it? Uh, Enemy of the State. You had Barry Pepper. You had uh, what was it? Jake Busey. Yep. Um, uh, like Scott Con. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Scott Con. Well, Scott Con did have a, a Hawaii Five O. No, 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 I'm not, okay, I'm not saying anyone involved in any of those that I'm mentioning, like, Suicide King is another example of, like, it was all guys who were positioned to be, like, the guy, where it was just, like, Henry Thomas, Jeremy Sisto, Jay Moore, uh, Sean Patrick Flannery, whatever, and it was, like, they all have their niches, like, they all, like, have continued to work, I'm just saying, like, none of them became, like, the fucking breakout <laughs> No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm agreeing. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Uh, with Suicide Kings, though, I think uh, Jay Moore and Sean Patrick Flannery were the only real ones in there who were like looked at going to be like the next hot guy, where everybody else was just character actor city. You know. I feel like Jeremy Sisto. Everybody kept thinking Jeremy Sisto was going to be a thing, and like I have always loved Jeremy Sisto, but like. Yeah, that dude oh. just never caught a fucking break. <laughs> oh, that, uh, you call him Jeremy Sisto. He's always going to be Visago to me from Hideaway. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Yeah. You know, to me, he is... The first time... We'll talk about when we get to the movie. Um, but the first time I felt truly seen by a horror film was when I saw Wrong Turn. And, like, Jeremy Sisto in Wrong Turn is exactly me at that point in my life. Like... To a T, with the exception I would never wear what he was wearing, but like personality-wise and the way he spoke was exactly the way that I spoke, which is why that I will always have a special place in my heart for Jeremy Sisto. No, I feel that. I feel that. No, like um, the first thing I saw him in was fucking Hideaway, uh, where he played Visago, the the killer in there, and he made such an impression on me that uh, 
every time I uh, I see him in something like uh, even when he was played Jesus in that, uh, <laughs> that Jesus. yeah he did a, a, a television movie I think it was like CBS yeah no, I, he, I remember it now I just I completely forgot he played Jesus yeah he was Jesus and I'm like oh shit they got Fasago playing Jesus <laughs> what a what a fucking turn of events that was and shit they got this fucking Satan worshiper playing <laughs> the Christ <laughs> oh yeah but um. Yeah, 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 uh, that is a shame about Jay Moore, though. No, um, I the thing is, I was, I, cause I mean, I feel like at the very least, though, it's kind of the same thing, um, where it's like at the very least, like I can watch these movies and still feel like it's just, I don't know, it was a weird, the 90s was a weird time, like, especially like, like, how many movies was Dennis Leary the fucking lead? Why did that happen? I could not tell you. They were awesome. He was good in them. Why did they happen? Why did two of my C happen? I'm not mad at it. I'm just saying I don't know why it happened. And so it's like when you watch these things, it kind of gives me like this weird thing of like, it's like an alternate universe where like nobody in any film studio knew what the fuck they were doing. So they were just kind of throwing things at a wall and see what seeing what happened. And like you got really interesting casting choices out of that. No, you know what it was, right? Is what I call the Bruce Willis effect. Like, fucking, they put Bruce Willis in Die Hard, and Bruce Willis was known as a comedic actor, you know, due to moonlighting. And I think he also had Blind Date out at that point, you know. Um, and then he was in Die Hard, where he played an action hero, and it hit big. So they were like, they were taking any, like, you know, good looking, handsome, comedic actor, and like, we're just going to make fucking lead him, a leading man out of them because it, it worked for fucking Bruce Willis. And it was like, no, it, it, it didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> I mean, it, it may have worked for a, a couple people, but it didn't work for everybody. Um, because it, here's the thing. Um, Bruce Willis just had that it. And um, uh, you can't say the same for a lot of motherfuckers who they tried to do that to. But, you know, it, like, uh, I feel like, uh, what's what's his name? Uh, the dude who played the bad guy in uh, Long Kiss Goodnight. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Craig Bierko. Yeah, and it was like, like I, I felt like they were positioning him to be a thing at yeah, one point. Was one yeah, no, I, I'm saying like it's, the '90s were fucking weird as shit. But just like they didn't know what the fuck they were doing, so they just kind of just did things. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, but like, what's what's weird too is that I, I feel like this is it happens with a lot of comedic actors as well, where it's just like they just play menacing so well. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is about like how like you get these comedic actors who just play like fucking psycho crazy killers, and they just fucking it's just on like gangbusters and shit with that. Um, Jay Moore is a perfect example in here, like you know what I'm saying. But like I feel like, uh, like 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 we've mentioned before that it was probably meant to be seen as a bit more of like a wild crazy comedic performance, and he was just like. Took it a bit. I mean, like he's still funny, I guess, but it's just a lot more seriously than they probably intended. Um, well, the director definitely intended, but I mean, like the screen, the screenwriter intended. Yeah, he probably thought that this was going to be hilarious, and it's just like, oh, okay, I see what you did here. You did, <laughs> <laughs> you did the opposite. You know, it's still pretty funny though. But like, it's like, goddamn, like this man is fucking psychotic, and he's really going for it. Like that whole scene, like when he's revealed. Um, and like you know, they they they're talking about the the whole situation with the gang rape and all that stuff, and this is like, 
yeah, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> like, I don't I don't even know how they were gonna attempt that, you know, to be to be honest. So it's like I think that was the right call to go for a more serious tone with it. Cause it's like you, you can't be like <laughs> really, really <laughs> the, the, the madcap fun of a gang, right? <laughs> right, right. Like exactly, exactly. It's like you, you can't be like all funny ha 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 for the majority of the fucking movie and then it's like and then this gang rape happened. You know, and then it's just like and then just go back to madcap ha ha ha. It's like, yeah, no, you fucked it up. You know, you <laughs> you fucked it up real bad and shit. I'm not laughing after this shit. Uh, you know. So I think the director made the right call to just be like, yeah, let's just like I'm I'm wondering if that was the reason why. Like it was like, yeah, this is there's a darkness to this movie, so let's just go full complete darkness. You know, we'll we'll leave some little funny bits there and shit, but yeah, like, like yeah, I mean, that was that was kind of like the thing of the '90s, where it was like there was like after Scream and all the Scream ripoffs, there was always that where there was like an under like an undercurrent of like comedy, but like it was how it's basically how much you wanted to modulate the horror and the comedy, but there was always they were always both coexisting. There was really no like. I'm not gonna say there was no, but there was very little like straight straight horror. There was like pretty much like in the wake of Scream, everything was kind of like at least a little bit funny. Like there was at least a little bit of comedy in there, and like they just meant it was just like you just kind of everlasting everlasting gobstopper or like uh, like Tootsie Roll pop it in like horror. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Um. Like one one of the things dude, I, I I forgot to bring up that I do like about this movie though is um the flip of uh slasher movie tropes you know it was like the virgin is the you know the main survivor you know all the promiscuous girls and boys out there are all gonna fucking die and it was just like the the virgins are the target in this movie and like the, the whole movie basically is fucking um like the the main uh plot becomes that. Like, yeah, this killer's out there killing virgins, so all the kids from school who are virgins are all going to get together and going to fuck. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, that's that, that's the movie right there. That is basically the movie. And it's like, that's a smart way to, like, to do it because it's like oh, you know, said. It's definitely subverting, yeah, the, the, the way that, yeah, like the way that the structure of them generally is seen is, like, to do basically the opposite of what you always get. Is this, like, where it's like, although know, technically, I guess it's not completely subverting it, because, like, she never actually has sex in the movie, and she survives. So technically, yeah. I guess it's still—it's not completely subverting it, I guess. Right too, and then um, like all the kids are losing their virginity in the house, and a lot of them still get fucking murdered. Yeah. You know, like like that's the that's the scene that the that the, is the one that bums me out because like he's just going around fucking just stabbing at will all these kids and shit, and this is like I would have liked to have seen, you know. A lot of them get stabbed up close and shit. Like I know that sounds terrible, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, horror movies are fun and they're fake and shit. And I'm not wishing anybody actually dead. So who who cares? I mean, um, I will say the set pieces though. There isn't a ton of them, but like I definitely like the, the opening scene with uh, Jesse Radford of uh, God damn it. I the only thing I can think of off the top of my head are uh, Swim Fan and Bring It On. But like um, I was gonna say Clock Stoppers, but go ahead. Okay, um, that's okay. That's actually worse. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but like that, um, that set piece, I think it it's almost like scream esque or like Craven esque in the sense that like the whole movie kind of coasts on that because it's like it's so 
not only the scene itself, but like the description of like the after um, effect of it, where basically like, like the whole thing of like she lost X amount of blood or basically because she was still alive the entire time. Like yeah. it's so it's so fucking frightening. <laughs> like it's so fucking scary. That, like the movie kind of coasts on that for like most of its run. Because again, there's not like a lot of like on screen kills from that point forward. No, no, yeah, absolutely. I liked uh, the 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 chase through the school a lot. No, that's awesome. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah uh, you know, he kills her friend first, and then he chases her through the halls into the science room, and he's chasing around there. And I was like, uh, I, a lot of it is helped by uh, just how good uh, Brittany Murphy is in that scene, because, like I said, like you know, she's don't she's doing her you know patented cutie cutie girl thing. Um, but then, like, she gets real fucking intense when it comes to those sequences. You know what I'm saying? Where, uh, and, and he's chasing her through the halls and all that shit. And like, I, I like that scene a lot. Um, but yeah, like, I just like, I mean, like, because I've said this before, I don't really need, you know, lots of blood and gore in order to enjoy a slasher as long as it's done well. And this one is done really well. You know, but I, I, you know, it's it's an orgy that turns into a massacre, and it's just like. Uh, I kind of wish I would have saw that. I was, like, not the orgy, but the massacre part. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, like, like, do you think, the thing that I think is cool is um, the thing that they, they always, they never really show you, but, like, whenever you have, like, a party scene in a movie, like, where people are, like, trying to escape, it's always, like, they just escape. Like, and, like, this is one of the occasions where it's, like, nope, all those motherfuckers bottlenecked and, like, fucking, it's, like, the entire situation, like, is just an entire, a huge clusterfuck. And I'm, like... That is something you never get to see in a movie ever. It's like the realism of that is awesome. I think personally. No, no, that's true. You, you, that's a good fucking point. Because like you know, as soon as like the murders start happening in the house where everybody's at and shit, that house clears out fast and shit. And this one's like, nope, <laughs> they, 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 they cause a stampede and they kind of fuck themselves and shit and they get murdered, you know. Um, and that's another, that's another uh, thing about. Uh, you know, we were talking about slasher movies where, like, uh, that always featured the big dance uh, at the end and shit. And the killer's mad at the big dance. So he, like, he goes to the big dance and, like, he kills kills people. Uh, except this one's a big fucking teenage orgy. <laughs> Instead, it's not a dance. Well, they're dancing with their pelvises. So it's like, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it tracks. <laughs> no, but I, I really, like, because, like, you stated, like, after Scream, there were, like, so many rip-offs where like everybody was trying to do uh scream again and it's like this one is like how do we stand out from that so we're just not a, another scream rip-off i mean because it's just like even even afterwards people was like oh like yeah the scream rip-off and it's like no the way they switched it around and shit to where it's just like no where the killer is attacking virgins is is really fucking neat idea which i really liked and you know I just wish it just hadn't got thrown on TV because of the fucking MPA. Fucking, uh, fucking it. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, the other thing that no pun intended. Say... <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> um, is it's actually also one of the few, um, like of this era where I feel like the adults, especially like Michael Bean, like got to be interesting because, yeah. like, most of the time they're kind of not. And, um, like, they're just authority figures that are just kind of there for, like, that. that's really their only purpose. Um, whereas Michael Bean, I feel like he got to do more acting than he got to do a lot of the time. Because, like, most of the time, 
Michael Bean post Terminator, which is weird because Terminator, he is his performance is incredible. I think like he very like he's he plays a very layered performance as Kyle Reese, but like it led to him doing all these action movie parts where he kind of just it was kind of like the thing he did in The Rock just over and over and over again, which yeah. is not disparaging, but like I feel like I don't know how you got from there, like from Terminator to this. Cause I was just like, there's a lot of new ones that you're just throwing away. But whatever. And this one, I feel like in this, he is, other than, like, I guess, Jay Moore or Brittany Murphy, like, one of the most interesting characters. Because, like, for one thing, it takes somebody as good as Michael Bean to make, because you're not absolutely not wrong in that he is awful, he's as awful, whatever. But he's, to me, sympathetic because he's, there's just something to Michael Bean's performance where he still feels sympathetic to me. Right. And that's all him. Because that's the whole thing is like he gets the, during the course of the movie, he shows like he gets he plays the typical Michael Bean like tough guy badass, but like there's constantly like layers stripped away of just like even there's just the scenes with him, Brittany Murphy, like where it's like he's not always that guy. And like if you look when they show like the way he reacts to that flashback, yeah, that he's absolutely not that guy at his core. And it's just a matter of, like, maybe he had just kind of built himself into this by virtue of, after that, he basically just kind of built up a suit of armor that made him into this, like, whatever. But, like, I just think his performance is so interesting and so underrated and so kind of, like, never talked about. And that bums me out because I think he's fucking great in the fucking movie. Yeah, that that scene where he reveals exactly what happened about the, the rape, he's he's really fucking good in that scene. Like and like you like the like uh, he, he like if you know the the the, the fact that he uh, participated in this rape, uh, I mean, and it's, it's like you said, he he was kind of forced into it. However, you know, he's the only one that really has any guilt over that, and like you get the sense that that's why he's so protective over uh, Brittany Murphy, his daughter. Like you know, they show him. Uh, uh, teaching her self-defense lessons, like, you know, how to do this, you know what I'm saying? Which, of course, uh, she she actually uses to defeat Jay Moore at the end and shit, so it's like, uh, what do you call that? Um, foreshadowing. foreshadowing. Yeah, yes. foreshadowing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like, yeah, so, like, I, I, I even called it, too, and she's like, when he's like, oh, you do this, honey, and then you do that, she's gonna use that later. How much you want to make a bet? She's gonna use that later. And she does. Um, but, yeah, like, like, like he's the only one who's really feels any guilt over that situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, he he goes to the others, and they're just like, ah, who cares? You know, and he's just like, you know, no, this is fucked up what we did. You know, and then like, you know, when he's revealing exactly what he did to uh, Brittany Murphy at the end and all that stuff, and like he's just he's just bawling his eyes out, and it's just, like he's so fucking good in that scene. Like, it, like, and and the funny thing enough too is that he he almost didn't do the movie. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was gonna mention that too. Yeah, like he apparently yeah. like didn't want to do a slasher movie, but then he read the script, and I was like, yeah, because he probably saw it. Like for once, somebody was offering them chances to do just more than just the regular bullshit. He kept getting offered. We're just like, in this movie, you're gonna be tough. <laughs> it's just like this time, he gets to be like, you're gonna be tough. But you're also gonna be tender. Right, you're gonna be tender and sympathetic and all that stuff. Yeah, he said he he read the first fifteen pages, and he was like, I'm not doing this shit. But his agent convinced him no to keep reading, and then he saw like all the 
satirical elements and he and was like oh I, I get it i get it i'll do this but like yeah that was probably also that 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 moment that he has uh where, where he the, the the revelation and uh you know good good way to showcase you know because like a lot of people forget that he he's actually a really great character actor you know yeah. everybody just thinks kyle reese and fucking hicks um i mean like this goes Johnny to show Ringo. oh i'm your huckleberry <laughs> no, um uh if if like this shows how underrated the abyss is because if you really want to see how great an actor he is, like just watch the abyss. You know, his yeah. performance his performance is coffee in there. Um like they literally tried to um get him an Oscar nomination for that, and I think he deserved it at least because he's fucking great in that movie. Um and he's great in here, like you know, um at this point, I think he's just like, ah, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he's still great in, 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 in anything he does, but I don't think he really gives a shit about, like, you know, just uh, trying to do, like, fucking, you know, really uh, award-winning performances now and shit. Because he's just like, ah, you know. Because I know certain actors, like, they, they hit a point where they just don't give a shit anymore. Uh, there was a... I know Samuel Jackson is famous for that. Like, you know, where he was, like, really just, like, uh, like yeah, I'm going to win an award and shit. And then just he kept getting passed over and passed over. It's like, ah, fuck it. I'm going to try to star in every movie ever made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, ah, whatever. You know. But, yeah, like, uh, there, there, there was a lot of shit in here to appreciate because it's not your typical scream ripoff. And uh, I'm, I'm offended that it's, like, like basically promoted or shouted out as such, you know, it's like, oh, it's just another movie that came out with like Scream and shit. And it's like, no, this this ain't your typical Scream ripoff. This they're, they're doing a lot of shit in here that's just you know different than I mean, fucking. To uh, me, I just don't think that's an insult. Like, I mean, like, I I mean, I would definitely say like, let's say we'll, we'll talk about it at some point, but like Urban Legend, I think is a very clearly a Scream ripoff, like a pretty oh, yeah. massive Scream ripoff, but it's awesome. <laughs> like, I was just like, like I know you did last summer is a I mean, I don't know if you really call it a ripoff because it was the same guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, it's very clearly, like, trying to replicate the success of Scream. Still, I still enjoy it. So it's, like, to me, it's not an insult to say, like, something is, like, Scream. It's just, like, that to me, that, that, that's a thing. It's just, like, it's, like, saying something is, like, like Nightmare on Elm Street, night, like, Nightmare, or, um, like, like, Friday the 13th, or, like, Halloween, whatever. It's, like cool like i was just like i'm down like thank you for telling me it is like this thing that i enjoy no yeah 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 i uh I, I feel that i just feel like it um i mean and it's not to say that uh scream doesn't you know g- give me the goods but like this one i feel like does a little bit more like you know to make itself stand out uh you know apart from scream and shit you know and that's what i really appreciate about this movie however uh, if if I do have a problem with this movie, it's the fucking end credits. <laughs> they go that way. Yeah, they 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 go down, <laughs> and and that's so fucking weird. Like I I just like when I, as soon as like you know I watch it and it's over and I see that shit like turn it off, turn it off. <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking uh, I'm fucking George T. Scott in hardcore. Turn it off. Like I I, I just find that so goddamn weird. That is a hell of a reference. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's 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 uh that's my issue. But that's it. 
nobody can hear because I'm just laughing. Um, wow, that is a choice that you made. Um, but um, no, yeah. I mean, I I have no real again. I have no real problem with it at all. Um, my only thing is, I just I fucking hate the boyfriend so much, and I wish bad things had happened to him. But like, right. I am glad that he redeemed himself immediately as Alan M in Josie and the Pussycats. So that's all set. That's so we're all we're all good. Karmically, he's fine. <laughs> I give you that. I give you that. <laughs> he played, played. He played two exact opposite characters in like, I think the same two year span. So yeah, it's a, it's a showcase for him as an actor, and also he had really terrible hair. But that's fine. That's that's okay. I think that was just the uh, you know the thing with the nineties, especially the uh, one of the characters we'll get into in uh, our our second feature. But yes, uh... yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And now on to the second feature of this double, my pick, and I'm going with 1998's The Faculty. Yeah. Um, I have to admit, uh, I love this fucking movie so goddamn much. Oh, thank As, God. I really, you said I have to admit, I was like, oh God, Rob, oh God, what, are you, what, are, what what's happening? What, what the fuck is happening right now? No, 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 no. I very much love this movie. Um... I saw this, I want to say, four times in theater when it when it came out. Um, funny enough, uh, I uh, the first time I saw it, I, I I took my sister with me to see it because uh, this was like part of my Christmas present to her because it came around uh, around Christmas time. I think it Christmas, didn't it? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a Christmas release, which is weird. Um, yes, it was. Uh, but uh, like yeah, and uh, it was a packed theater and um, like. This uh, when we saw Scream Two together, she promptly beat the shit out of my arm because my sister is a big old scary cat, and she just when she gets scared she punches for some reason or another. So she, I I got punched a lot during this movie, um, but uh, she really liked it uh, and I really liked it because I saw it uh, another three additional times after that. Um, I would even say uh. At that point, because this is the one of the like, part of the Kevin Williamson horror collection, like especially after like there was Scream, uh, I know what you did last summer, Scream Two, uh, Halloween H Two O. He's not credited for, but we know he he wrote it. Which is funny because uh, this is kind of the opposite situation. But go ahead. What do you mean? Um, by all accounts, um, well, okay, I'm not gonna say by all accounts, but by the writer's accounts. Um, this movie was fully written by other people. And then the Weinsteins bought it and had Kevin Williamson rewrite the dialogue, um, but not really change that much. Just kind of like make it more screamy, if you will. Um, but then promptly paid those original screenwriters to not put their names on it and make Kim Williamson the only credited writer so that they could release it and be like, oh, hey, it's a new Kim Williamson movie, which worked like gangbusters for me as a fucking 15-year-old. So I can't say that they were wrong to do this, but it is fucked up. <laughs> Damn. Another thing I'm fucking learning. Because um, <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that. Which is weird, too, because... Uh, it's noted that he rewrote uh, Halloween H2O and he is not credited for that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is the inverse. <laughs> right, 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 right. 
and then he uh, he barely wrote this, and then he gets the, the sole credit as the screenplay writer, which is weird. Um, also worthy of note that this is a Robert Rodriguez film, um, the the great Robert Rodriguez, um, uh, which is weird too because it's like he doesn't talk about this movie. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering if the production was troubled, because or maybe <laughs> it's just that because it just it's not his thing, like because you know like with, with Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, listen. No, no. no, to no. I'm just saying like, you made a pun, but without, without actually intending to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got because like you know with Robert Rodriguez, he's all over his movies. Um, like he has a particular style, like where you can see him, all except this one. He there, there's. Robert is really not on uh, nowhere in this movie at all, like so to speak. Yes, like that, and there's no. there's certain like editing techniques that you that you see that he uses in here that he used in other movies, um, but it's it's not really like it, it seems more like they they were trying to like yeah make it more like scream, you know, and he was just like fine whatever like it was all, almost like this was a paycheck movie for him and he was just like whatever. It's kind of like uh, his version of the abyss. It's like everything that uh, Cameron mentions every movie uh, he's made, except Piranha 2 and The Abyss. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is, like, with this, is I feel like it was... The, the reason I do... Okay. But for me, when it came out, it blew my fucking brain because I was a huge, huge fan of Robert Rodriguez. Like, my holy trinity growing up in the, in the teenager was Robert Rodriguez, Kevin Smith, and Quentin Tarantino. So, like, um, like the reason I like I posted the thing a while ago about how underrated I feel like Robert Rodriguez is, especially in terms of flying the flag of genre um, during the era when it was kind of not at its, like, when basically Hollywood didn't know what the fuck to do with genre. That's what the, the reason I, I do give credit in this movie is I don't think you're wrong because it doesn't necessarily have as much of his, like, voice as I feel like you necessarily usually get. But I also do feel like the whole thing kind of ultimately does, by virtue of the fact that, like, as I was, like, laughing at before, it's very um, Carpenter-esque. Like, it definitely yeah. is taking huge influence from the thing. I mean, Christ, like, when uh, Fomka Jensen's head, like, that's not... You, you cannot tell me that was not intentional in terms of like the imagery of it being very close to the you gotta be fucking kidding me in the thing. Right. So like I definitely feel like that's part of it. Also also the with the, the aliens like uh, you know even when you know they get like like a part of them separated from the other like it's still like almost like a whole. Like yeah. uh, in the scene where um Zeke dissects the, the alien and puts it in with his pet rat uh and it just completely takes over the rat, you know what I'm saying? So like and like they they mention invasion of the body snatchers a lot. Uh, they also mention uh the puppet masters, um, but like yeah, it is very much like th there's like some thing shit going on in here, like oh, a yeah, lot of thing. He's definitely doing like the carpenter thing, which actually I think is cool because that was kind of the thing I thought um, that he did. Like, okay, a big part of the reason that I became the Carpenter fan that I did was because I already is, um, because I was already a huge fan of, like, uh, They Live, and I was a really big fan of, like, Halloween, but, like, it wasn't until 
um, like I'd seen like from Just Till Dawn, and he talked about the um, influence of like um, Assault on Precinct 13 on yeah. From Just Till Dawn that kind of got me to watch that, and then they let me to watch this, and like whatever. And so like, that's why I kind of realized how brilliant Carpenter was. I'm like, oh shit, he's done all these different things, and I didn't even know the same guy did all these movies. Um, and that's the thing is like I feel like the thing that he did with this movie, and I feel like that's kind of what does make it feel very Rodriguez, is that he definitely took a Carpenter vibe and brought it into the kind of sleek 90s, like, the zeitgeist kind of movies of the time and made this. So it's like, I definitely see your point where I don't think it's like, it's not, it's not like Desperado where it's like you feel like this very specific vision uh, yeah. get it, that you get from him. But I do feel like for a combination of the voice of Kevin Williamson and the non-created writers and um, him, I do think it is very successful in that respect where it feels cohesive when by all accounts it really shouldn't. Like, so I think that's actually really interesting personally. No. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, I've, I've, I've said this before and um, you might find this insulting, but uh, I've always said that, uh, as great as uh, filmmaker Robert Rodriguez actually is on his own, um, he'd sell his soul to be John Carpenter for one day. Oh, yeah. I mean, but to be fair, who wouldn't? <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, you know, who, who, who the fuck wouldn't want to wake up and be uh, the maker of Halloween and the thing for a day? I know I would. Um, fuck yes. <laughs> sit at home, drinking my beer, smoking my cigarettes, <laughs> playing in my Xbox. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I very much want to be that. But like, yeah, I just I just I just find that weird. Like, you know, because it's, it's a great fucking movie. And he just doesn't talk about it. Like, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever seen him talk about the faculty in any capacity at all. Um, it's just like almost like he disowned it without actually disowning it. I mean, I do feel like he did. He did end up taking a bunch of the cast though for Sin City. So that definitely to me suggests that he has like he doesn't see the negative experience because he took like. Right. Elijah for Sin City. He took Josh Hartnett for Sin City. Like he's like right. he definitely like he didn't like just like abandon it and forget it existed. <laughs> like he was just like he definitely carried things with him. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, speaking of Josh Hartnett, this is the this is the <laughs> this is the movie where I finally understood him because we were talking about him in H two O. It's just like um, like he's good in the movie, but like his 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 role is like almost kind of thankless because the character of John is useless. Um, Zeke is not. Zeke is the coolest motherfucker in this movie. Um, I, I, sh I should tell you that uh, uh, in my teens, I was very much two ca two characters from this movie. I was very much Casey, and I was very much Zeke. Um, and all my junior high school... That's actually my... a very fair description of myself as well, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. For, throughout my junior high school years, I, I was Casey. I mean, I, I would say it was similar. Nobody was heave hoeing me my balls into the flagpole uh, like Casey was, but uh, I didn't I was want very... to drop into a rock and broke my ribs. <laughs> no, um, I mean, I was bullied and shit, but nobody was doing that to me and shit. Heave hoeing me my 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 nutsack into the fucking flagpole like that. But uh, I was very much like that, you know, the the uh, the loner dweeb, and and in school and uh, when I started high school. Uh, I, I was Casey. By the end of my high school tenure, I was very much Zeke. <laughs> without the without the drug dealing and uh, 
sexually harassing teachers, um, and the cool car. But I was very much Zeke. I was very much like that. You know what I'm saying? And uh, like, so I very much resonate with uh, Zeke and Casey uh, both in this movie. But like, yeah, Hartnett is just the uh, the coolest motherfucker in here. Like, uh, it's uh, funny enough. I'll say that because. Like it's funny enough because I was gonna make a point in this discussion, which you then you just ruined. I'm by, sorry. <laughs> by your by your antidote that uh, Kevin Smith uh, was not uh, actually a real writer on this movie. Okay, um, Williamson. He. I'm not saying he didn't write the movie. I'm just saying he didn't. He he basically, by all accounts, wrote the dialogue and added characters but like the actual he didn't change the structure anyway like if, if they'd gone to arbitration there is no way he would have been the only credited writer like yeah, yeah. no yeah totally because uh I, I was gonna ask uh how much of the breakfast club was influenced because this is very much breakfast club shit oh totally um zeke is obviously bender um sean hadassi is obviously uh Emilio Estevez and Clear Duvall is obviously Ali Sheedy, you know, uh, Elijah Wood is obviously Anthony Michael Hall, you know, so on and so forth. Um, which makes sense too because uh, uh, the sixth member, Mary Beth, uh, obviously, you know, it, like it, it makes sense that she she's the one who turns out to be the alien. Spoilers, um, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying that she's the the the, the main alien. Because uh, she is the, the the only outsider of of that clique of like you know just Breakfast Club carcatuates. Um and uh, like I, I like how like they, they basically took the characters of the Breakfast Club and just kind of like um, switched them up. So where it's like uh, it's like this would be the Breakfast Club if Brian was the hero, and he bagged he bagged Claire. Um, of course, uh, Andrew bags. Um, what was Alice Sheedy's character's name? Jesus Christ, I'm embarrassing. Um, Allison. Allison, that's right. Uh, like, you know, they end up together. Um, and uh, Zeke, like, you fucking... You actually caught on the one thing with this movie that drives me insane is I don't like the ending. But everything else, like, I just don't like... I think the thing with The Breakfast Club. Think about The Breakfast Club, and The Breakfast Club is one of my top ten movies of all time. Think about The Breakfast Club that's awesome that no one is able to replicate is they don't show you what happens after. Like, it's right. only that story from point A to point B. And, like, this movie and, like, the Breakfast Club episode of Degrassi, like, going on down the line, whatever you show after, you ruin everything. <laughs> like, it's, like, that's the one movie that drives me fucking insane, is I don't like that you have... I don't mind the jock and the basket case getting together. Um, I don't like her selling out being a basket case in either version, um, but whatever. But, like, I don't like... Um, the whole thing of putting, uh, <laughs> you said, Anthony Hall and uh, Molly Ringwald. So like, you, you used real names. So I'll use the real names. Um, and not the character names. Um, but, like, I don't like putting Elijah Wood and Jordana Brewster together necessarily. Because I don't feel like she's a good person. <laughs> like, I feel like he is. So I'm like, she's going to hurt that boy. She's going to hurt him real bad. Like this is like wish fulfillment, but it's it's not good wish fulfillment. That poor bastard. Um, but like I don't like um, they're showing like Zeke and the football team and like all that shit. I'm like 
all of this needs to not be there. Like, if 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 the movie had ended credits after he fucking kills the alien, credits, excellent movie, four and a half stars, love it. As soon as you show me that shit, I instantly knock off a half a star because I'm like, I hate all of this. All of this makes me sad. All of it upsets me on a very fundamental level. Also, why are they all still alive? She <laughs> lost her fucking head. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, that is true. That always fucking, like, just, like, that That makes no sense. Um, but also, like, the, the, the more creepy thing is the fact that uh, she enters a relationship with him, which is, like, creepy. You're not wrong, but... They did say that he was over eighteen. That, that, that no, I was I, I was going to mention that. Okay. Uh, uh, like because he, uh, he he did they, they mentioned he does get left back, so he is. Um, it's still it's still though she is a teacher and he is a student, and um that is wrong. Um, she is the basically grooming that boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and that is awful. And like no, yeah, I thoroughly agree with you. Um, that that is definitely wish fulfillment. Someone definitely watched Breakfast Club and was just like, Brian should have ended up with Claire, and I'm gonna put that in this movie. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But at the very and, least, I don't think Claire is a bad person. Like yeah. I think Claire is a coward. Like Jordana Brewster is a bad person. <laughs> like okay, yeah. no, I'm sorry, I should not have said that. Jordana Brewster herself. Sure, a very lovely woman. Her character is a bad person. Yeah, the the Delilah sucks. Yes, um, like the the Delilah is like uh, also she's a uh, like like she, the the way she sucks is that she's she's uh she shows that uh, she's homophobic towards Stokely. That's that's okay. That is one of the reasons she sucks. There is myriad reasons she sucks. No, like, no, 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 no. She person. she 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 sucks for many reasons, but that's the main reason she sucks because she's she's a homophobe. She's she, insulting she, and predatory, but yes, she is also homophobe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She sucks. Um, and the fact that, like, oh, I guess we're supposed to be fine with that because now she's uh, dating Casey. No, no, we're not fine with that. Um, we're not fine with Zeke dating the teacher. Um, but uh, I am cool with uh, Stan dating Stokely, even though Stokely basically um, gives up her emo phase yeah, to just. If she like, didn't... If she didn't sell out, I wouldn't care. But like the fact that she sold out is what bothers me. Oh yeah, most definitely. Like it's the same thing with the Breakfast Club. You know, exactly that bothers me there too. <laughs> yeah, where they give Allison a makeover, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Oh my God, you're beautiful." Like she was always beautiful. You fucking loser. Which is you funny because like in the Breakfast Club, the one I most relate to, the one I related to was Bender. But then I realized watching it later that I was like, no, accurately, I was Allison <laughs> in high school, which is why I also feel like it bothers me on a very fundamental level that she sold out. Same thing with Stokely, I guess, where it's like, ugh, I just don't like the fact that people were like selling out their fucking entire identity for a dude or, I mean, a girl. Just like, yeah. just selling out your identity for anyone, I think is fucking gross, but whatever. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, that's supposed to be like, oh, it's supposed to be a good thing because now she's dressing in colorful clothes. No, she could still be exactly who she wants to be and shit and just still be an awesome person. You know, oh, now all of a sudden she's better and shit because, you know, she's got uh, a lavender dress on and, you know, she's got, uh, sw she's wearing a, a bright blue sweater, you know what I'm saying? And she's dating Stan, you know what I'm saying? It's all okay. And it's like, no, like, he, he obviously appreciated her a lot uh, when she was in her emo phase. 
You know what I'm saying? I don't know why we needed to have her fucking all dressing like Susie goddamn homemaker in this movie. Okay. You keep saying emo phase. Like That's the only I, best way I could put it. I was gonna say like golf is really the thing in the nineties. Like it wasn't really until the two thousands that the emo thing was like like the whole scene thing was like a like a like a whole thing. Like she's more like golfed out, but like I I, I don't know. It doesn't bother me as much in this because they do kind of paint it throughout the movie that she is kind of putting on a performance to like push people away. So it bothers me slightly less when she sells out because it's like maybe on the inside, that's the way she always was. Like, I don't, I maybe, I don't know. Um, but it still it still fucking drives me insane. <laughs> no, no, for real. Like, yeah, it's it's definitely not as bad as Allison because Allison was full on. Uh, what's what's the word you use? Goth. Well, yeah, um, I mean, like she was she she was an artist. Like, I mean, that's like Allison was like she basically just like sold out who she was as a human being. But she basically sold her fucking soul for being completely honest um, to date Andy or at least to get Andy's attention. And I'm just like, fuck you like i love you john hughes i love you like you were basically more apparent to me than my actual parents but like what the fuck man no yeah that's true that is true like i I remember i mentioned that on uh when i when i did a episode of schlock and over my first episode i did with schlock and over lindsey where we talked about weird science and frankenstein and i was just like you know i love john hughes but like a lot of times he gets in his own way and he makes curious decisions where it's like uh like even molly ringwald uh doesn't agree with the fact that claire ends up with bender at the end like why like like and i'm like yeah why he fucking sexually assaults her in the movie and shit and it's like but honestly i feel like with with um with claire that's a rebellious thing you know yes. what i'm saying she's doing that to be rebellious like you know this is i'm gonna piss off mommy and daddy with this one like i, I guarantee her and bender did not last um, oh no yeah they're not like, married, no. <laughs> like they're, they, there is no like legacy sequel where they like and they they're still married with children. <laughs> right, right, most definitely. Um, yeah, like uh, uh, you know, what I'm saying, but they, they do like do things that are like like you know where they take in the Breakfast Club characters and they like they, they tweak them, like you know where they make basically make Brian the hero, uh, like in so to speak in this and uh, with uh, with Zeke is basically they making Bender like a, a secret genius. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. Like, and I, that's the thing that, I, that is relatable to me is not to say like I'm like a genius per se, but like the guy who has a reasonable amount of intelligence and is very comfortable wasting that intelligence. I was like, that is me to a T in high school. <laughs> like, no, it's like that. <laughs> no, that that was me as well. And shit. Like, uh, you see the scene where uh, Femke Jensen talks to Zeke in the parking lot. And she's like, oh, like, you know, you could have applied yourself. You didn't have to repeat your senior year. Like, you know how many times I fucking had that conversation with teachers where they was like, oh, you're so smart. Uh, if only you apply yourself and you try, you know what I'm saying? You could do better. But you, you don't. Like, like, shut up, teacher. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, that was me. That was me. I was the, uh, the underachiever, like, purpose, purposefully underachieving because I was just like, I don't care. I know. Uh, I'm just sitting out here, fucking hanging out, smoking weed, doing whatever. I don't give a shit, you know. And like, that's very much Zeke. So like, that's why I I resonated with Zeke a lot. But like, you know, I was like I said, I was also Casey at at one point in time, 
you know. So I I, I see them both, you know, clearly. Uh, but yeah, uh, with uh, you know, with uh, Andy in Breakfast Club, he he regretted being an athlete, and you know, he was like, oh, I wish my knee would give out so I couldn't compete. And this one, uh, Stan, uh quits you know what i'm saying because he's like you know i, I don't want to you know i'm tired of people kissing my ass just because i play sports and i'm good at it you know i want to be more than that and he actually goes through with it so it's just like you know some of them are just basically uh the breakfast club characters uh characters with backbone um you know say so i really i really like that but like yeah then they fucking like instead of doing the john hughes mistakes they do their own mistakes and it's just like uh you know you had it and then you fucked it up you know, but it is what it is. I, I won't hold that against you. Um, I also love uh, what, what, another thing I love about this movie is uh, the, the 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 great cast they got to actually to play the faculty, um, uh, particularly Robert Patrick as the oh, coach. Okay, most of them, not Harry Knowles. Oh no. <laughs> no, no! I mean, I was going to eventually bring that up, but like, yeah, <laughs> fuck that motherfucker right into the sun. Um, like, like I, I, I rewatched this for the purposes of the discussion, and it's like, oh, I forgot this motherfucker was in here. Jesus Christ! I mean, thankfully he's not in there much. He only shows up like what twice. Yeah. Uh, like where they're introducing like the the, the possibly faculty. thrice, but yeah, I, it's not it's not a lot. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, go the fuck away, dude. Like, like just the sight of him fucking disgusts me. But it is whatever. It is what it is. But like, yeah, they, there's uh, you got Robert Patrick as the coach, uh, Piper Laurie as the drama teacher. Which is funny because uh, this is actually the first time I saw her. I hadn't seen Carrie yet. That's how I'd seen this, so I didn't really? know the big deal about her being like. I was like Piper Laurie in this movie. I was like, okay. And I was like, I was 15. I didn't fucking know. Not <laughs> fair. Not fair. Um, uh, you got the late great uh, Daniel Von Bargen as uh Wait, the English he's teacher. Dead? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, he passed. Uh, the, he passed away uh, quite a few years ago. I now um, feel very sad. I have yeah. no idea. Yeah, yeah, and he was a great character actor too. One of my favorites, um, especially when he was on Seinfeld. Yeah, uh, yeah. He he was he was always great. He was always and great. Lord of Illusions. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. He was Nick's in Lord of Illusions. Like yeah, he was one of those great character actors in the way he could basically do whatever. You know, like he could do horror, he could do comedy, he could do drama. Like you know, and he just had that amazing voice. You know, and, and like, yeah, he was he was just one of those, you know, great character actors. And it's a shame he's no longer with us. Um, uh, Sam Hayek is the nurse. <laughs> you that's, know that's like the, the most the most Rodriguez part of the movie is that like the Salma Hayek is involved. Right. Like he like he just snuck her in there, you know, what I'm saying just so he could have Selma in the movie. Um, yeah, baby, New Worth as the principal. Uh, like there, there's a lot of great fucking. Oh, the John act- Stewart thing I do need to mention because like uh the John Stewart thing, um I feel like because you, you mentioned earlier I actually wanted to mention it when you mentioned it, um the whole thing of it being like a like a like a money gig whatever, um <laughs> I the thing I thought of the this time when I saw um John Stewart is uh which was great the movie I'm not disparaging and I love John Stewart in general, um but uh like I remember um. When Kevin Smith was about, he was trying to get Chasing Amy off the ground, and the Weinstein's because he was just like he had said he wanted Joey Lord Adams, uh, Jason Lee, and Ben Affleck, and they were like, 
how about Drew Barrymore, uh, David Schwimmer, and John Stewart? And he's like, you picked those names out of a fucking hat or something? Like, what the fuck? And it was just like, no, we have overall deals with all of them. And I was like, it would not surprise me in the least if the reason that John Stewart was in this was because he had a deal with Miramax and it was just like, oh, hey, there's a part for one of our dudes in this movie. How about we use him? No, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and like that, that's another because I made that point where uh, we were talking about uh, Cherry Falls, where uh, like uh, comedians just being really good at menacing. Because uh, his his big scene where uh, he terrorizes the students uh, is actually my favorite scene in the movie. Oh yeah, uh, that's by far the best. That, that's the that's the most Rodriguez scene in the whole fucking movie, I think. Right, like, like you have the, the the cool fucking action, you have fucking horror. It's it's the, that's the most fucking Rodriguez scene of the whole fucking movie. Right, I, I remember vividly like uh, the, the first time I saw it, like with my sister in in the theater. Um, that got also the biggest screams. Um, out of the audience, this is when, when the fingers are crawling on the ground, like uh, after uh, Z cuts off his fingers with the fucking uh, was it the letter Paper opener? Or whatever? Paper yeah, oh, yeah, letter opener. Which is why, for years, I like I was like I always was like, why didn't more movies use paper cutters as weapons? Yeah. And, like it's a terrible weapon. It's not a good weapon at all. But like you just use an actual sword, like a normal person. But like it works in this movie. You know what I love about that scene though? It's like how. Shit goes from, especially with Zeke, from zero to a hundred real quick, <laughs> real fast. <laughs> yeah, like you know, he just shoves him to the ground, and then Zeke's first instinct is to rip off the paper cutter and fucking chop his fingers off. He doesn't try to go like, "Hey, what are you doing? Hey, stop it! Hey, let him go!" He just rips it off and like put him the fuck down. Slash, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, "Fuck this!" You know, like. <laughs> But yeah, that, that that is my favorite scene in the movie. Oh yeah, um, dude, I love that scene. That's fucking amazing. Yeah, because uh, uh, it's a good point to to why I love the movie because, um, like we were comparing it to the Breakfast Club and Breakfast Club, like the kids are together for the whole movie. Like they meet in the beginning and then they're together for the entirety of the movie. Whereas in this one, we spend, uh, like maybe half of the movie like almost an hour of the movie with them separately and that's the first time we get them all together at once well like they finally join forces in the in the science room the Avengers um, assemble yeah yeah absolutely and then fucking uh you know you got uh um Casey and Stokely um like trying to con- no well it's basically Casey and Delilah trying to convince Stan and Stokely that you know this shit is going on Stokely is, you know, kind of believes it, and Stan is like, "This is dumb shit." And then Zeke comes in with Mary Beth and is like, "This is bullshit," and like, you know, they're having a conversation, and then fucking uh, John Stewart as a uh, Mister Furlong, Edward Furlong, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying <laughs> and somebody was a fan of uh, a Terminator Two, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is probably uh, Rodriguez because you know, what I'm saying uh, he's obviously a fan of Cameron. He's now he's great friends with Cameron. Well, that's my other thing is that I feel like as much as Kevin Williamson is the only created writer and there were other guys who wrote it, I feel like definitely Rodriguez probably had a decent pass on that script as well. Like I feel like this movie definitely has enough in it that I'm like, I can't believe that he didn't take a hand in the actual like writing process of this film. I feel like he was probably the one because you know how like you, you like you hear about 
productions where like you know they have the on-set writer uh like rewriting uh scenes right there on the set like right before they shoot it i feel like that was probably him he was the one who who was writing rewriting the scenes right there on the set um so yeah like i i could imagine that was probably rodriguez uh contribution was uh the science teacher is mr furlong mr edward furlong (laughs) you know what i'm saying but uh it's it's funny. Remember we were talking about um, and Halloween H two O. Like specifically, uh, when I was referencing uh, when we were watching Scream, and uh, and I mentioned to you that I fucking uh, recognize the music uh, music cue more from Halloween H two O than I do from Scream. Yeah. Um, and that scene, that music cue that they use in there is from Mimic. Yep. Like when uh, Zeke gets pushed through the the fish tank and falls over, like that whole music cue is from Mimic, which are like which made me want to call this the 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 Josh Hartnett plus uh, Marco Beltrami score reuse horror collection because you know that's the second movie he's done in a row where they reuse uh, Marco Beltrami's uh, score from another movie. Um, but the wine scenes were cheap, motherfuckers. What it can be said <laughs> that is that is true. But like H two O. Uh, and and I am a fan of Mimic. I recognize that part of the score more from the faculty than I do from Mimic. So if I ever watch Mimic and that score comes up, I'm like, hey, that's the faculty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's like it's the other way around, you know. But I think it works best in the faculty for that scene. Like you know, like because because I always love that moment. He gets pushed through the fish tank and he falls on the ground, and uh, like everybody's in the corner scared and shit. And um, uh, uh, Furlong is. A- to fucking take Zeke out and then he just starts foaming from the eye because Zeke stabbed him in the eye with the with the pen with the fucking his his makeshift drugs in it. Um which is basically <laughs> guaranteed to jack you jack up. You up. <laughs> Yo, you know what always bugged me out about that though is like cause he fills it uh um pens up with it. Like yeah. you know like but it's like the way everybody just sniffs it like the entirety of it and just like they just go and it's all gone and it's like Jesus Christ <laughs> I wouldn't oh. know if that's realistic or not because I don't I, yeah I'm... <laughs> yeah like yeah, yeah me neither I'm just, just like, like doesn't that hurt you know what I'm saying like you know and the fact that they have to do it multiple times because they figure out that uh, that's the aliens one weakness is that uh, once they get hit with that shit they dry out um so it's like, in order to prove that they're still human, they have to sniff. Well, which leads to the great scene where they all have to fucking sniff it in uh, Zeke's uh, laboratory. His, his, uh, his garage. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's basically his giant chem set where it's revealed that fucking uh, Zeke is this like super smart genius and shit, chemist, whatever. You know, he's got like fucking beakers and shit around and shit. Like he's goddamn Doctor Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love that. Like you know, like to to fucking examine it. Like he puts on his glasses and shit. And fucking looks in the microscope at the alien and all that. And it's also like, oh wow, like you know, Zeke is the secret genius of the Saul. You know, that that scene is weird as well. Like I mean, like, I, yeah, no, I do love that scene though. Even though, yeah, it is. I will freely admit it's super fucking weird. Oh, because it, it's basically. You really break it down. I mean, it's basically that fucking scene, uh, the blood scene from the thing. From the thing, just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where it's the same. It's the same goddamn. It, it's it's lifted pretty liberally, but done with a more 
like comedic tone or at least a lighter tone the thing there's nothing light about the thing after the first like 10 minutes like right. basically is after you hear uh superstition there's nothing fun about the thing from that point forward <laughs> whereas the faculty it's like it keeps a pretty jovial vibe throughout it which also i think is what kind of has maintained his reputation over the years because it's like don't say it, the thing isn't awesome and isn't better or anything like that. Um, but like the, I feel like the fact that it, 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 it can coast really well on how fun of a fucking movie the faculty is. Like, that's, yeah. I, I feel like that's, that's kind of like the, like the cool is its meal ticket, if you will. No. Yeah. Most definitely. Like I, I, I totally got um, the blood test scene from the thing. Just like they're, they're, they're fucking taking drugs. And and it's like it's the most when fucking Casey and Stan get high as hell, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and like they're tweaking, also, let them fucking tweak. Right, right. Also, like um, the way they go in circles and shit, accusing each other of being the alien. And it's like, oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. And then Stan just goes, this is fucking getting us nowhere. You know what I'm saying? It's like they're just gonna keep going on and on and on, fucking accusing each other of being the alien and shit. And then uh. I remember too, like in, in the theater, in their, their first screening, that this, that scene also got the biggest laughs. Like um, when uh, uh, Delilah is fucking refusing to take the drugs, which is revealed because she's infected or, or she's infested with the aliens, I should say. And uh, they call her a bitch. It's like, yeah, she's a fucking bitch, all right? You know what I'm saying? It's just like him and Casey and Stan. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, that 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 scene is is fucking great, and it's like I would say like those like because that is that fucking drug test scene is I think is the last time they're all together too, um because like they're only together from the classroom scene to that scene because then it's revealed that uh, Delilah um is 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 infested with aliens. She's taken over and shit, and then she leaves and shit, and then like they start kindly uh dropping like flies after that you know until basically uh well i I won't say casey was the only one left because zeke is is the only one uh, who doesn't get he just gets knocked out he never gets fucking taken over by the aliens um but yeah like it's, it's just them two at the end and shit when after it's revealed that mary beth is the the queen alien and that's another fucking uh thing uh well i would say um it, no pun intended. <laughs> um, where where she reveals herself as like the alien queen, and she like she's she got all the tentacles and shit. It's like, yeah, that's some thing shit right there. <laughs> yeah. Like like mo- the more and more I think about it, the more I think that uh, yeah, Rodriguez probably had a major hand in rewriting this whole thing while he was on set. Um, because like there there is a lot of thing imagery in there. Like they 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 mention invasion of the body snatchers. And I also like the fact that that's I would say that's my that that scene where Casey and Stokely have the conversation, but he's trying to convince her what's happening in the library, and he keeps using uh, invasion of the body snatchers, um, which is smart. But then like he tries to hold it like, what if those movies and like those stories were warnings and like this kind of thing actually happened? And it's like, uh, you didn't have to go that far. Uh, well, I don't buy. I don't buy that one fucking second. You're not wrong, but it's also. I mean, if you think about it, they're children. <laughs> like it's like they're like they're like sixteen year olds, seventeen year olds, eighteen year olds, whatever the fuck 
they're teenagers. Right. So it's like, yeah, I mean, that's the one reason I would like, I don't think you're wrong, but like at the same time, I, would, I forgive it because I'm like, they're, they're just, they're fucking kids. They're stupid fucking kids. Like, what do you want? Well, stupid fucking kid because Casey's the only one who really fucking acknowledges that. Even the Stokely says like, dude, like, get the fuck out of here, basically. I also like how she corrects some of those, like, dude, the writer of A Vision of the Body Snatchers basically ripped off fucking, uh, a rock Phineas. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah Jack wrote Body Snatchers, yeah, it was, um, High Lens Pepsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like how she basically just says, like, you know, yeah, the, um, you're, you're wrong here, dude. And, you know what I'm saying? And, like, she was like, we're the pods, you know what I'm saying? And Puppet Masters, they were parasites. And it's like, yeah, she's basically right in a sense because th- these things are parasites. Um, so, like, I like, I like that conversation until he fucking does with the, oh, like, the, the it's like kind of almost like they were trying to do the Return of the Living Dead thing. Did you ever see that movie, Night of the Living Dead? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, oh, it, it actually happened, you know? And, and, uh, like yeah no it, it it doesn't work here you could have just stayed with the fucking it's just an alien invasion and it's happening here and shit you didn't really need to it felt like they were trying to do some scream shit right there you know with the referencing other works and like you know how it, it you know you know it's kind of like uh correlating with what's happening with them and it's like i don't think that works i i don't think that works at all um and it doesn't do- bother me but i i understand i like, I, I, yeah, I just feel like i feel like it's I, I give it a pass because they're just fucking stupid kids. <laughs> right, right, right. Ab- absolutely. But, um, yeah. Uh, also, I uh, got a shout out to uh, my man, um, Christopher McDonald, Shooter McGavin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, uh, God, I love it every time he shows up in something because, like, he, he plays the asshole dad and he's such a great fucking asshole dad. He's just such a great asshole in movies, you know. Of course, he's Shooter McGavin. He's one of uh, uh top five greatest uh, movie villains of all time. Um, I, I would put him very high up on that list. Uh, Fair enough. Jesus, all right. No, like, you know, there, there's, like, to me, there's Darth Vader, there's Hans Gruber, and there's Shooter McGavin. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck just happened? Like, I was really hoping you weren't going to say that, but the, yeah, it was like, I was like, we're talking about comedy villains, and then you were like putting Darth Vader. I'm like, okay, now we're now we're going to a place I'm not comfortable with. All right, that's fine. And no. like Darth Vader, Jason Voorhees, Shooter McGavin. That's what I'm going. <laughs> with. Like, it's like, no, what? No. <laughs> no, nah, man, Shooter McGavin is great. Um, I'm not disputing that Shooter McGavin's great. I'm just saying you're like, there's three great villains in all of cinema. One of them is Shooter McGavin. No, he's not. <laughs> Oh, he absolutely is. He absolutely is. Like, no, no one's a greater. Uh, rarely anybody's a greater villain than Shooter McGavin in movies. That that man. Apparently, I, only Hans Gruber and Darth Vader. Right, right, right. They're the only ones above him. You know what I'm saying? Everybody else is beneath Shooter McGavin. <laughs> but even I feel like he's more of a villain than actual fucking aliens in, in the movie are because he because he takes away the fucking the the his porno mags. <laughs> yeah like like and then the mom fucking snitch his porno it's like oh yeah no smut for you tonight son and like oh no more uh, you... the bishop <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then i love the fact that like where, where casey tries to sneak out and then he sees the uh uh members of the faculty on the on the lawn and then he falls off the the fucking the not the roof and shit, but what the fuck do you call that shit? The the, the landing outside of the house, whatever. 
and he falls into the grass and then fucking Shooter McGavin comes out and he still he still has the porno mags in his hand. I mean, it's only like, been like four seconds in film time. <laughs> like it's just, he basically just walked downstairs. It's just that like Casey took the like direct but, route. <laughs> yeah, but why is he still holding it? Like you think like, oh, I'm going to like, you know, any like real prudish dad was like, I'm going to throw these in the trash. Like, look how quickly fucking Tom Atkins threw away the Creepshow comics and fucking Creepshow. He wasn't still holding on to the shit. Fucking Shooter McGavin goes out and like, get inside. And he still got the fucking smut mag in his hand and shit. It's like, yeah, we know why you took those away from him, you son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> you villainous bastard, you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Uh, I fucking, like, they really fucking went all out with this cast, too, and shit. You know? No, I was going to say, like, Robert Patrick especially, like, it's funny because, like, he's most famous... We're playing a villain because of T1000, but I feel like in this, it is kind of like the most fun villainous performance that he ever got to like right. do. Because it's like, it's very like, it, it, it's very, it's, he's chewing the fuck out of the scenery, like, but it's in the most beautiful fucking way. Like, it's like, I just love everything he does so much. Every choice he makes is great. Like yeah, like when when we see him before he gets taken over, like he's just like this asshole, angry asshole coach. He's fucking flipping the the fucking Gatorade table and shit. He's fucking cursing out his fucking players and all that shit. And then like when when he becomes an alien and shit, he's just like that soft, creepy. You look very pretty today, you know and shit. And uh, I need a pencil. You know what I'm saying? I've always wanted to do that. Like, you know, he's playing it, like, real subtle, but, like, he's just extra creepy with it. Like, that whole opening sequence is great. Um, uh, I, I guess you could say, like, you know, that's the fucking scream opening. Oh, kind of. yeah, it definitely is. Like, it is 100%. It was like, that's the other thing is, like, it would not surprise me if that was the one change that Kevin Williamson made to the structure. Because, yeah. like... I mean, also, that could have been something that was already there to respect that everybody was already ripping off Scream anyway. So he yeah. just kind of got to keep it. But it's like, whether he actually wrote it or whether it was written <laughs> based on something he had already written, it's still very, yeah, no, you're, it's definitely heavily influenced by Scream. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's very much, like, this is an alien invasion movie and it's very much a slasher sequence. Like, you know, like right down to like her trying to open up the lock, uh, the principal trying to open up the lock on the fucking front door. And he's running down the hallway to chase her and shit, which which is a great suspenseful scene. And then when she gets outside, she gets stabbed to death by fucking Piper Laurie. Um, I've always wanted to do that. Uh, like, so, yeah, I've, I always really found that opening scene like effective, mainly because of him, because uh uh, like, will the principal please report to the principal's office? And I'm saying, like, it, fucking, I love Robert Patrick so much. No, uh, she, it, it's he's great, but also she, uh, B.B. Newworth, uh, is the other, the other half that sells it because she plays scared really fucking well. Like, yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, that shit goes from zero to 100 real fast, and <laughs> she fucking plays it really well, I think. No, yeah, 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 most definitely. Piper Laurie, too, like, when she's on the outside, he's coming! And then just, like, completely fucking goes yep. emotionalist. Body snatches it, yep. <laughs> just yeah. Like... yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, that's probably a, a good reason why. I mean, the script is great, but 
I think this movie works as well as it does because of the cast. Um, and because they're so great, you know what I'm saying? Because they're obviously, they seem like they're having a great time, uh, making it, you know, like they're just going all out and shit. Um, especially like Elijah Wood and shit, you know what I'm saying? Cause he's having fun playing the hero. Um, I, I remember like, I, 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 I always wondered what was the thing if they like, if that was meant to be like a recurring gag is that how he keeps fucking busting his ass and shit every time he runs. <laughs> like, remember when they're in the closet yeah. <laughs> and, and they take over Salma Hayek and uh, he like he, they run in trying to get away and as they turn the corner he slips. Uh, he slips also like in the climax and shit, running away from the alien and shit. I think he also slips uh, trying to get off the bus and shit where they corner him in the bus, uh, if I remember correctly. Like they, that happens quite a, a couple of times and shit in this movie and shit. So I'm wondering, like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, what I'm saying it's like, well, I mean, it could be like. This is just my own personal, like, whatever. But uh, they could be, like, trying to do, like, the final girl thing. Like, the final girl is, like, always, like, you know, like, like, uh, like what's her name? Um, like, uh, Marilyn Burns in uh, Tex Chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. Where she's, like, it's kind of the same situation, maybe. Like, where just, like, just, like he's, he's the final boy, essentially, of the whole thing. Because, like, and I still think um, the end, because, yes, he, he, <laughs> he kind of survives almost by accident. Um, it is true. But, um. I do think that last bit is fucking awesome. Like when um, Mary Beth alien, because I, I also really like that design, um, the alien design, but also I like that it's a mix of practical and CGI, which I think is cool. Yeah. But I do love like when it spits the fucking like little aliens out and like they're burrowing into his face and he like, but right after he had already stabbed with the scat. And it's like the only part of that scene that doesn't make me happy is I hate the effect when it's like turning like into like, ash or whatever like yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate the way that looks but everything else in that entire sequence like that entire finale i was like epic fully fucking epic i love everything in this no notes like this is just and then it's like that the little like the little turning to ash thing happens like one note everything else we're all <laughs> set <laughs> no no that sequence is fucking great too because like it, it really sells the epicness of it all because like you know it's kind of a um smaller scale movie obviously um, I also like like how they justify that, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, why haven't we seen any aliens, Stan says. And he was like, you know, if you you were aliens trying to take over the world, would you blow everything up independ- Independence Day style? Or would you just come through the back door? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. But, like, they finally go for Epic in that final chase scene where, like, you know, they're chasing him through the locker room and then into the gymnasium. And then they go going through the fucking uh, the, the seats, the, the bleachers, whatever. And, like, he fucking captures it in there, and it's like, he stabs it in the face, and then it shoots the fucking little baby aliens in his face, and then it's just like, I, I'm, I'm, I, you, you mentioned the fucking, like, oh, when it turns to Ash. The problem I have with it is that, uh, like, they really burrow his shit themselves into his face, and then, like, they fall out, and then he just has, like, little scratches. Like, you know, like like a baby scratch here and a baby scratch there, like, you know, to signify that's where the aliens were. And it was like, those should be gaping holes in his fucking <laughs> face. Like, those were, like, fucking, like, thumb-sized aliens and shit. He should be having, like, big old fucking uh, uh, bullet holes in his face, basically. But no, they're just, like, little scratches now and shit, and it's just whatever. And I'm just supposed to forget that? Nah. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it doesn't take me out of... It's not like, oh, I fucking hate this movie now. Um, but I just found that, like, yeah, this is... This, that That's kind of, like... 
in, in a movie about alien invasions, that's the most unbelievable thing. <laughs> Although I do like, um, I really like even like when they have that brief period where, um, and it actually just occurred to me, this movie also featuring a Suicide Kings alum because the girl who plays Mary Beth was in Suicide Kings. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> but um, I love like when she's like walking around and like she's in like human form, but the um, her shadow is like the big fucking like yeah. whatever, which makes no sense, but is awesome visually. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, no, all of that shit is like again, like I I really like there's like all of the movie I think is just fucking great. Like I was just like. The only issue I have that like that last little bit, and I like the, the last, like, and I and I I would even forgive the ashy alien thing if we didn't if it had just gone to credits instead of having the whole epilogue, um. But like as a whole, I think it's fucking awesome. Like it is, like of the myriad things that came in the wake of Scream, it is one of the most successful. I feel like in terms of like taking that kind of formula and like applying it or basically like mashing up genres and applying it i feel like that movie like the faculty is fucking just it's like it took the best possible lessons and made something really interesting which again i don't know if rodriguez is in any way like compromised whatever but i feel like everyone involved it feels like had a fucking good time making it and it feels like you can kind of it it seeps out into watching it like I feel like it's definitely a really entertaining fucking thing that like it's it is like it's funny because like, like being packed theater I saw it in a non-packed theater there was only like a handful of people and I was one of them with my friend Dan, um, but um, but yeah no I definitely feel like it it is like kind of it's just it's like for to use like nineties <laughs> critic fucking terminology it's a thrill ride like it's just like it's very like fucking like it's funny it's like but it's also like legitimately scary it's got really good action scenes like i think it's like like the scene in the fucking like we touched on it like the scene like with the fish tank and like the paper cutter like that's basically shot like a fucking john woo movie in like, the course of like two minutes and i'm like that's fucking rad as shit like yeah. fuck man and then, like, you have, like, that whole fucking scene, like, when they're driving and, like, the fucking, like, the, um, like, it's not even a car chase because the only car driving is Zeke's. But, like, it's, like, fucking shot, like, this fucking epic, like, bullet fucking, it's, like, yeah. everything, it's, like, it's not, like, Rodriguez understood the assignment. It's, like, he fucking went above and beyond the assignment. Like, it's just, like, you needed to build a fucking diorama and you actually built a house. Like, it's just like, it's like everything in this movie is so much better than it has to be for it to have been successful. And I just, again, he, like, literally the only thing I have a problem with is the very end. Like, everything else is fucking awesome. No, yeah, 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 most definitely. Uh, I, I 100% agree. It's like, uh, uh, and I think that that's, a, you know, another reason why it works so well is because um, it's like you said, he went above and beyond the assignment. And it's like, that's just who Rodriguez is as a filmmaker. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you give him something and you know what I'm saying? Like he's such a, uh, extravagant epic filmmaker, so to speak. And, you know, he just take whatever you give him and shit and just turn it up all the way to fucking 11, you know? Um, like, like you said, the, the fucking, basically the, the car scene, um, which leads to the, you know the big uh, crash and explosion. She goes flying out the window, and then leads to the 
the, the fucking uh, the thing reference and shit where her head is calling on the goddamn ground. Um, That's the only thing I, I mean, think is weird is like, okay, so she loses her fucking head. Um, and at the end of the movie is like seemingly okay. Like she's wearing the thing, the, the, the uh, like the scarf to suggest that she wear, like the thing is about her head's been reattached. Um, but uh, <laughs> John Stewart gets his fingers cut off, cut off and his, his eye stabbed out. And he's just fucked. <laughs> like, like, no, no, no. But if you look at the end credits and shit, they show that he's still alive. No, no, he's, he's just... still alive. But I'm just saying, like, he's like, he's clearly still missing an eye, and his fingers are fucked and gone. Oh, oh yeah, but yeah, she yeah, lost her fucking head. And it's just like, nah, she's she's good. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, the 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 logic uh, on this movie is not sound, but uh, I don't I don't think they cared. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, I wanted to ask you before we wrap this up. Uh, did you hear uh, the theory that uh, you remember Cabin in the Woods? Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> of course. Like, yeah. And uh, they, they referenced an uh, incident in there where um, there was a failure b- behind, like, I guess the operators or whatever, that they have uh, a, time, a period of time a few years ago where the more than a few years ago where they failed. You know what I'm saying? And nobody died in the scenario that they created. Um, did you did you hear the theory that that was in reference to the faculty? I didn't, but that's awesome. <laughs> because it makes sense if you think about it. Like, like you know, what I'm saying the way they explained it, I don't remember exactly how they explained it, but like, if you think about, I remember if you think about it, what they said, like, the faculty is probably the, the is the movie that fits in the closest. So it's like everybody's like they they talk about the faculty. So the faculty exists within the universe of Cabin in the Woods. Um. Which I think is super fucking awesome. Yeah, no, totally. uh, I never even, I never heard that. I never thought about that. That's fucking rad. <laughs> no, that's absolutely fucking rad. Like, yeah, because it's the truth. Like, the only one who 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 like dies is basically Mary De- Mary Beth, but she was the alien anyway, so it doesn't matter. Like, the entire main... <laughs> he just like rushed past it. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> but she was she was the alien. Uh, I also I also like how um you mentioned the fact that when she's walking. Uh, like you know, in the silhouette with the tentacles are short, where she's walking around in human form, but you don't wrestle with the fact that she's doing a start fucking naked. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember uh, I became a huge Laura Harris fan <laughs> 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 from that moment on. Um, like so, like yeah, I definitely remember her from uh, uh, in Suicide Kings as well because I was like, that's Mary Beth, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, but. Uh, I, I heard that, you know what I'm saying, and I was just like, wow, that really fucking tracks, you know what I'm saying? That really fucking tracks. And, like, I, I know a lot of people are, are also, like, don't believe it because why would they be referencing the faculty? Because the faculty is fucking awesome. Why wouldn't they? I mean, I don't know, but uh, I guess maybe Joss and uh, who was the other writer on the film? Uh, Drew Goddard. Yeah, Drew Goddard. Maybe one of them. They they don't mention it in the commentary. In the commentary, um, they don't talk about that at all. But um, who knows? Maybe one of them or both of them were fucking fans of the faculty and shit. You never know. Um, yeah. I, I mean, how could you not be? Because the faculty is fucking awesome. But, no, yeah, uh, I mean that's like I. Well, also because I mean that thing is like I mean I feel like the reason they didn't kill anybody was basically just to land the Breakfast Club thing at the end, yeah. like because they wanted to do the whole like epilogue that. I- hate um so it's like i feel like that's why you couldn't kill anybody was because it was like in order to make that land like 
I mean, I guess that's not true. There is one death because there is no fucking way BB Newworth came back. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I was just about to say that. <laughs> aside from She's Mary Beth, <laughs> yeah. Aside from Mary Beth, um, like I said, it doesn't really matter because she was the alien anyway. Uh, BB Newworth is definitely fucking dead. Everybody else lives except baby fucking kids. She purely fucking melts. She, yeah. she she melts into a puddle of maggots and goo and shit. There ain't no way they bring the principal back after that shit. <laughs> so um you, you could be well um I was gonna say Zeke is a murderer, but she does come back after after he shoots her in the head. It was Mary Beth who fucking murdered her and shit by jumping the entire th- uh, thing of the uh, the drug on her. Um. So, like, yeah, you know, Zeke is fine. He's not going to jail for murder or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, Framka Jensen is definitely going to jail for statutory rape. <laughs> I'm, he was over 18. They established that. That's, that's right. I did forget that. I did forget. Like, I, I, I literally fucking mentioned that earlier, too, and shit. <laughs> Uh, but still, it's it's still gross. It's still gross. I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm just saying it's not statutory. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, that is true. That is true. So uh, they are consenting <laughs> adults. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. I fucking love the faculty. I cannot say enough good things about it. Uh. And um. Obviously, you agree because you just oh, gave that. You. Yeah. You. That uh, wonderful little sermon just now about how fucking awesome everything is about it. So I'm not going to have you sit here repeat, repeating yourself. But yes, I fully 100% agree with what you said. I've loved this movie uh, then, and I I love it to death now. You know, and this is one of my goddamn like until you said that. I mean, uh, back then I would say I thought this, but I don't think it anymore. And now it just doesn't matter and shit because you just revealed to me that he, he didn't actually write the fucking thing. But this was probably like if you asked me back in the day, I would have told you this was my favorite Kevin Williamson movie. <clears throat> uh, obviously, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, Scream, uh, you know, still wins out because, you know, that is the, the, the masterpiece of horror. But uh, like this, this for a while, when she, I was like, if you asked me, uh, I would I would have told you this was my favorite Kevin Williamson movie. Now I find out it's not actually a Kevin Williamson movie at all. So, you know, life has no meaning to me anymore. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying he's not involved. I'm saying he's like, it's basically like, um, we discussed um the whole thing of like Joss, the last episode with Joss and the Graham Yost thing on Speed. Yeah. Same fucking thing as far as I know is basically with this. We're basically like, Joss rewrote the dialogue and fixed some problems. Uh, just got no credit for it. This is the exact opposite, where um, basically Kevin Williamson rewrote the dialogue and uh, like changed some characters and gets full credit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I get it. Like you know, so you can you can market it as from the writer of Scream. You know, he's writing it this. Works. <laughs> oh, it, it, it absolutely one hundred percent fucking worked. But uh, like, yeah, now I have to take it out of the the fucking uh, the whole ranking of Kevin Williamson movies. I disagree. Uh, again, like I put speed in my Joss Whedon rankings, even though he's not credited on it. So like I don't think you have to take it out. I think it's I think it's fine where it is. I think it's fine. I think it's okay. Yeah, I would have said this. It was like I mean, because you can't put it above screen one and two. Absolutely not. But uh I d- definitely um I would definitely put it over Teaching Mrs. Tingle. <laughs> um, and, and, and I will put it over H2O as well. And I love H2O, but um, it, it, this... That's, 
I I I would I know, I, I, I would I know, I know. <laughs> it's tough. It's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one, but uh like I said, it this uh it just resonates with me a bit more cuz I I see myself a lot in Casey and um Zeke. You know what I'm saying? So it's like like you know how like you see movies and it's like, you know, uh like movies resonate with you because it basically um captures exactly, you know, uh, like a certain character captures exactly who you were. Well, like that's this movie for me. Like and like two sides of like my teenage years, like me at the beginning of my teenage years with Casey and me at the end of my teenage years with Zeke. You know what I'm saying? I see myself in both those men. So it's like this resonates with me um, a lot. So that's why I would put it above like H2O and definitely teaching Mrs. Tingle. But uh, I can't put it above uh, Scream 1 and 2. You know, I just I, I just can't. That's, you know, that's something I can't do. And, <laughs> but uh, I love this movie to death. And yeah. That's that. No, yeah, I, I I love it too. Like I, yeah, no, I I don't have like a definitive ranking of Kevin Williamson stuff, but like I definitely like I I would mostly agree. I don't know how to I don't know how to put it against H2O. That's too hard. But like I definitely feel like it's it's fucking awesome. And I feel like in Rodriguez's career, I think even if even if he doesn't, I have no idea whether or not how he feels about it. But like. I definitely feel like it's still a high point in his career, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Like it's one of my favorite movies he ever made. Yeah, yeah, mine too. And it shows that how gifted of a filmmaker he is. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like he can do, uh, you know, a myriad of things. You know what I'm saying? He could do fucking, uh, you know, action adventure, like you know, with Desperado and uh, El Mariachi. You know, he could do like real fucking like gory horror with. You know, from dusk to dawn, he could do like teen drama, comedy, horror with this. He could do kids movies with Spy Kids. Um, he could do outlandish fucking shit with Planet Terror and uh, Machete, Machete, I should say, and Machete Kills. Um, and he could do fucking uh, incredibly fucking epic with uh, Alita. You know, so it's like. Yeah, um, it's time motherfuckers start putting some respect on Robert Rodriguez. Oh, yeah, that's always been my thing. It's like, I always thought it was weird that, like, he fucking was always kind of, not necessarily dismissed, but, like, people don't give him the credit he deserves. I feel like he's as, I'm not going to say, like, I'm not going to get in comparisons, but, like, as talented as anyone that came up in the 90s alongside him and doesn't get the amount of, like, just doesn't get the. This does, I mean, it's actually speaking of Rodri of uh, Carpenter, it's kind of the same thing where it's like Carpenter for a long time came up as the same time as these guys that he never got as much credit as, even though he deserved it. And right. I guess that's kind of the it's it's kind of a perfect mirror image because it's like the same thing with Rodriguez, where it's like Rodriguez came up with like all these guys that got all this credit that he didn't, and he fucking deserves it. Like he deserves his fucking flowers in the biggest, baddest fucking way. Because he made truly incredible films. And not everything he's done has been great, but I'd still say his batting average is super strong. Yeah. I, like, you you said Carpenter. Like, I was going to go with De Palma. Because De Palma's the same thing. Because De Palma came up with fucking Scorsese and uh Yeah, but Spielberg De Palma, I feel like De Palma, like, for a long time, got credit as, like, one of the big auteurs and it was like, whereas Carpenter, until like the 90s, like nobody fucking seemed to give a shit. And then it was just like, all of a sudden it was just like, oh my God, he's a genius. And it was just like. I, I mean, like, yeah, like you, De Palma does have his 
fan base, but I feel like he has a, a, a large number of detractors who just basically call him like a Hitchcock ripoff artist. And it's like, yeah, um, I love Hitchcock too, but uh, Hitchcock is not making like the, the shit like um, De Palma was making. Like, like, yeah, you could say uh, uh, Dress to Kill is basically steals the structure from Psycho, but Hitchcock is not making Dress to Kill, especially like you know that that sleazy lurid shit. Hitchcock is not doing that. You know, what I'm saying only the Palma can do that. Only the Palma could have done Body Double. You know, what I'm saying is uh, no. And so, like, I feel like with the Palma, it's like everybody's just like, oh, he just rips off uh, Hitchcock, and it's like, nah, dude, he's fucking like. Just watch the blowout, and you see just how fucking great that man is. You know, um, I don't know why you keep shitting on him. And like the same thing with uh, Rodriguez. You know, what I'm saying it's like I think it's because he he likes delving into genre pictures. You know, what I'm saying but that's why um, I think it's great. Like I feel like that's the thing yeah. is like he was the guy who kept genre going. I feel like to a large extent, like in the '90s, it was like basically like because that thing is like when I said that it was like Larry who was just like. Well, action was arguably, I'm like, no. Like, it's like, action was like, yes, there was many great action movies that came out in the 90s, but, like, most of them weren't as successful because they didn't know what the fuck they were. It was like, yeah, Demolition Man is great, like, but, like, it was clearly made with the eye of, like, this is going to be the biggest thing ever. And then it was like, it just wasn't because that's not what people wanted at the time. But then, like, you had, like, Rodriguez making things that didn't cost a lot of money so if they made money, it was like, holy shit. So that's the thing is like, so he, that's why I, I always give him all the respect in the world. Cause his fucking first movie made, it was made for seven fucking thousand dollars. That is fucking nothing. Yeah. Like, and he made a pretty decent movie out of it and then made Desperado, which is, seems like a huge movie. And it was not a fucking huge budget, but yeah. this is what he's skilled at is he can take anything. And granted, I feel like the fact that he was so good kind of, to some extent screwed him because a lot of people took like his style and like, like the whole thing of like Sin City with like, the digital backlot. It was perfect for Sin City. We don't need to see it for every goddamn movie now, but he kind of accidentally created something that was whatever, but it's still, it's his creativity that kind of got us there. That's why I still, even the movies that he made that I don't really care about, I still won't really disparage them. And I get kind of annoyed when people do Cause I'm like, that's like, like the last, like when the, like the Ant-Man uh, trailer just came out and everyone was kind of like doing the spy kids thing. And I was like, first of all, don't you fucking dare. I was just like, <laughs> I've been hearing people make fun of spy kids for years. And I was like, I don't even care about spy kids. I was already way too old by the time spy kids came out to like care. But I'm like, it's Robert fucking Rodriguez. You respect his fucking work. Do not use him as a fucking meme. I will be pissed. <laughs> like... And and they're saying it like it's a bad thing too because it's like if the if you really want to think about it he was a fucking innovator when he did Spy yes. Kids three like you know because they're all fucking doing it now yes. you know what I'm saying they're all doing it with the fucking uh, CGI background just like that and all that shit and it's like yeah he he was like one of the first to do that it was him and Lucas who who was doing it with the digital background you pay homage to that fucking man and shit because y'all digging on his dick right now you know what I'm yes, saying yeah, exactly <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, yeah, I just, I, yeah, like, no, I, I love this movie. I love all of his movies pretty much, except for a couple, but even then they're still cool. So yeah, no, 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 no. Rodriguez is a god. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Anyway, this has been another fine episode of Chainsaws and Claws, a horror monster podcast. Or I'm sorry, a <laughs> killer monster podcast. Uh, so we will see you next time. If you want to follow us, I'm working on getting us uh, TikTok and Instagram. Uh, it's very slow going because I am terrible at social media these days. Uh, but we do have a Twitter, and you should follow us there at Chainsaws Claws. That's very active. Yeah. Um. Catch us next time. Oh, <laughs>